the fem fem feed the fem feed the fem feed the fem fem feed the fem feed oh, I get your life It's your girl, Allison Abenai here, and we are here with the phenomenal, the beautiful, the talented, the illustrious queen that is Elena. How are you, Elena? Thank you. I love that introduction. Yes. I'm great. How are you? Simpson in the house. How yes. are you today? Are you, like, enjoying this quarantine situation? I mean, I am as best as we all can, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it's full moon, like a super moon. So my sleep was a little crazy last night. Oh, really? I didn't know there was a full moon. I used to have an app on my phone that um, alerted me when the full moon would come because I think it's every 14 days or something like that. I need to bring that back so I can get in line yeah. with my chakras. Exactly. Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to jump into the first question. Who are you and what do you do? All right, so my name is Elena. A lot of my friends call me Lay. And I consider myself an artist. I teach dance. I dance professionally. I've done print modeling. I've done shoe modeling. I've done acting when I was a kid and commercials and this, that, and the third. So I've always just been involved in the arts and anything creative. Oh, wow. I love that. Oh, I didn't even know about the print modeling. Yes. Wow. I was in high school. I did that a lot. That's how I made money and saved up for my car. Really? Come through. See, do you hear that, youngins? Make sure you find a goal as soon as possible. Work towards it and and, I'm going to repeat that. Work towards it and... (laughs) Stack your coins. Yes. Yes. I love that. Okay. So we both answered this next question. How did we meet and what was our initial take on each other? What did we think about each other? Um, I'll go first. (laughs) Okay. So um, when I first met you, obviously that was in high school. Um, We went to high school together. I believe you were a freshman and I was a senior. So um, prior to that, I hadn't met you, but I met you um, more. I would see you around and, you know, walking in the hallways. But in terms of meeting, meeting you, it was through Terpsies when we did Terpsies together. And I just remember like a first initial look of you, obviously, Gorge, very pretty and your your light it exuded outside of your body and it was very kind and warm. Like I remember that impression of you, even till this day, I know you've evolved into a woman and like different things have happened for you. And as, as we get older and life lessons and all that, we, um, evolve, you know, but like, still when I see you I still see that girl it's crazy but I still see that girl it's just this light and this warmth and very sweet and innocent and I know you're at this point you're a woman you're a full-grown woman now so (laughs) 
life has happened mother has lived so (laughs) but I like I still feel like that that girl that young girl and that light it it was so beautiful I remember that and you were really really shy and and like reserved and and like oh oh no I I remember there was a piece you were in and it called for you to be very sensual and sexy and mean like a nasty girl and you were like I don't know how to do that and I mean people looking at you today are like what she she can't convey that but it was just this innocence about you like you really cared about people and um their feelings and you didn't want to overstep your bounds and it is very in its very true form it was so beautiful so beautiful so i remember you in that way and i still think of you in that way and i know i've we've had many interactions together as adults and i know that you have evolved but I still think of you that way to this day because <laughs> I guess that's the core of who you are you know like yeah. that's that's your soul mm-hmm. yeah I respect that thank you yeah Aww. yeah so um I remember meeting you in Terpsies and like you said I was very quiet and shy mm-hmm. um my eighth grade year so before Teaneck High School I was at Thomas Jefferson Middle School for three years but then my eighth grade year I went to school in New York So, you know, I wasn't really around everyone. I missed that eighth grade year to go into high school. So I was kind of like, all right, like I still had some friends, but I, you know, I wasn't around. Mm -hmm. But I remember Terpsies. I was in a little Terpsie from, I think when I was 10. So I was doing little Terpsies. There's only like maybe five of us then at that point. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was always around. Terpsies was still such a big part of my life. I loved it. So I was so happy and excited. My freshman year, I was like, yes, I can finally be like a real Terpsie. (laughs) Oh. But I remember always thinking how funny you were Aww. and just how much personality you had. Because, you know, I was I felt like I was the opposite. So I'm like, oh, my God, Aww. you know, this girl's just like always the life of the party. And I'm like, I love her energy. <laughs> and then I remember when you picked me to be in your piece for your senior piece, oh I was God. like, oh, my God, like. She picked me. Oh. <laughs> I was just so excited oh. because I love this song. I still talk about it to this day, the Maxwell Pretty mm-hmm. Way. This woman's work. I love the mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> woman's work. Yes. I, I, I still remember some of the choreography. That's how you know, like, it really touched me. Oh. And I just felt really honored. And I just remember just looking up to you and just being like, oh, wow, this is great. And oh, it was such yeah. an honor having you. Like, of course, like, when I was picking my, my A1 team, like, Obviously, you're training. You pick, you pick. You know, you don't let. You're like, well, no, maybe next year. You're not ready. Okay. No. mm -mm, mm -mm, no. Some people ain't ready. Some people ain't ready yet. You gotta give them time. But you was ready. You was definitely ready. You had like really great training. So, um, and you were fireball within that training. Even though your demeanor was very reserved and sweet, you still had this like electric vibe whenever you performed so yeah. I was like yes we definitely have to have lay uh-huh and I felt like at the time too I felt like people didn't really see your talent in that way the way that I saw it so I was like yeah. okay she should definitely be in more but she's gonna be in my piece so whatever <laughs> I was so I'm telling you I was in red pink for one of the for the first week and Which so people were like oh no she has technique I was always just hiding mm-hmm. I never Mm-hmm. Like, so I always had an issue with attention, I think. And people mm-hmm. were like, really? And I just was very like, no, 
I'm just going to play it cool. Oh, and that's wow. why Turksy's really helped me come out of my shell. Yeah. Like, it really pushed me mm-hmm. to become a better performer and, yes. you know, have that attitude. And I always felt like, oh, I love everybody. Mm-hmm. No, you have to act. This is performing without, you know, without speaking. This is performance right. through your body. And the four years of Terpsies really helped me oh, wow. evolve as a better dancer. That's 100%. awesome. Where do you think that shyness and reservedness comes from? Like, do you think something happened when you were younger or do you think it's an innate thing that had happened? Um, I think it was just being an only child, the way I was raised. Um, it was just always my demeanor. I was, mm. I always took in a lot. Like, I take in my surroundings. I mm. like to watch what's going on and then, you know, from there, make a decision about what's going on. Right. If that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, I never was just very loud and it just wasn't me. Mm. I just, to myself, my thoughts, and that's just how I process things. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Before we started recording, I had mentioned, like, I feel like um, children that grew up in uh, a home without siblings, they have many dis- many advantages, excuse me, um, in just being, I guess, more of an individual, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not too much you have to compromise with or have any concerns with. Because mm-hmm. it's just been you, and you've seen yourself through the eyes of your parents, uh, mm-hmm. rather than another sibling, and trying to deal with navigating the balance with them. So yeah. that's awesome. That's it definitely has advantages and disadvantages because mm-hmm. you know a lot of people learn. You learn from your siblings. You know, True. if you're a younger sibling, your older siblings teaching you a lot of things, and mm-hmm. you can go to them and you know get advice. Or that's like sometimes it's your best friend. It depends on obviously the relationship. And right. even though I didn't have that, I think that's why my mom and I are so close. Cause she wanted, she always made sure that we had a really strong bond and relationship and that I could always come to her for anything. Right. So that helped. And then growing up with my cousins around living down the street, I did always have the friendship and I did always have those social skills that was around people. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. Well, that's good. And that's good that your family has provided that for you guys, too, to have that closeness. And I know even to this day, you do a lot with your cousins, too. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to jump into the next question. Um, Did you value your college experience? So, yeah. Well, I didn't go to college that long. I went for two years, but I did love my college experience. I felt like it helped me grow in many ways that I needed to grow. Mm-hmm. I went to Hofstra in Long Island. Boop, boop. And it was, yeah, it was <laughs> the first time, you know, I was away from my family. I didn't want to go too far, but I also wanted to have that experience where I could have that dorm life. Mm-hmm. And I think that just helped me grow more and become more independent. Yeah. And I also, it was there that I started like on the dance team, a hip hop dance team called Amani. Mm-hmm. And even prior to that, you know, I had dabbled in hip hop, but I, I was still more just technique. I was going to Ailey. I was doing modern and jazz mm-hmm. and African. And that time I was actually learning from different choreographers. And I'm like, oh, wow, I like this kind of style. So that kind of opened me up because I didn't know I was going to college for dance major, business minor. So I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to be involved in dance, but I right. still at that point, even in college, wasn't sure exactly which route that I wanted to go pursuing it mm-hmm. as a I just wanted to continue training and 
And I think being on that dance team opened up my eyes to like, oh, maybe I do want to do more commercial dancing or, you know, how is that being with artists and being in videos and TV shows? So that was like the first time it started making me kind of think Mm -hmm. that might be more the route than being in like a modern company. Because even though I had good technique, I didn't have the best feet. I don't have the hips that are open. I had to work hard. Like I had to stretch every day to get my slits. I had to, you know, Girl, you already know, like, I wasn't born naturally flexible. I Mm -hmm. couldn't kick my, hold my leg up to my head. Like, I had to work at everything. So that was another aspect. But I created a lot of lifelong friends that I have to this day. Some of my closest friends I met in college. So I really appreciate, even though I only went for two years, that I had that experience. It's still an experience, even if you're there for a semester, like... Um, I just find like college really opens up our world, you know, mm-hmm. especially coming from a place like Teaneck and just being in a, a small town feel suburb. Um, when yeah. we finally get out there, we realize like, wow, a whole new world. Right. This is what we realize. Yeah, it's true. Like Teaneck, there's nothing like Teaneck. There is. There really isn't. There Even really like isn't. Turkey, nothing like turkeys, like different things that we had twirling, like it's just not normal mm-hmm. and we you know we don't realize that until we graduate and we're like oh okay right <laughs> right yeah we definitely have some special things within our community um that i guess we don't realize that we're grateful for till after they end and we come back and we're like wow okay we had great enrichment opportunities like yeah. i didn't realize that i thought this was just what everyone does. Exactly. <laughs> the diversity, like so many things in TNAC, like mm-hmm. cultures and, you know, relating to people, it helps you because if you come from somewhere else where they might, you know, you might be growing up and you're the only black person or, you know, and you go to college and then it's just different. We were yep. able to be around so many different types of religions and cultures and mm-hmm. people, you know, all types of background that we can go somewhere else and we can relate and we can understand and it's, you know. Right. Not a culture shock for us because, it was normal. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Continue about college because um, I don't think the reason I only went for two years is because I started getting bored. <laughs> really? Yeah. She said one she thing was about over me, it. <laughs> yeah. Once I'm done and over something, like I'm done and over something and mm-hmm. it takes a lot for me to get there, but I always honor when I feel like I got to that point where I'm not growing or I'm not evolving and I'm feeling a little stagnant. That I'm like, yeah, something has to get. This isn't it. I so my first two years, I loved. I was like, yes, you know, all the parties, I'm meeting people, I'm just living my best life. I'm doing every type of dance club program, this, that, and the third. But the actual like dance major program for me was lacking. Oh, I wow. didn't feel like I was being challenged. I was grateful that I was taking classes every day, mm-hmm. but I just was like, I need more. This isn't it. Wow. And I'm paying all this money, you know, out of state. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. I'm like, okay, I had my college experience. What's next? And it was mm-hmm. kind of scary because I didn't know what was next. I was like, should I go to another school? Should I transfer? I literally had to sit with myself, meditate, and like ask what what's next. Wow. And then I realized that Ailey, Alvin Ailey Dance Theater, they had some pre-professional programs. Mm -hmm. So I decided to audition for their, they had a year independent study program where you'd go there five days a week and do three classes a day and train and train. And I was like, you know what? This feels better. I can be in New York. 
I can, mm-hmm. you know, study and really get the kind of training that I feel I want. And I'm going to be saving a coin because it's not going to be as expensive as college. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned. Me, actually, and Jalila, my cousin, we both auditioned. <laughs> and we both we both got in and so literally we ended up doing that program and it's crazy because even though I was taking three classes a day after I was done my three classes I had class from eight to three three dance classes I would leave go to Broadway Dance Center which was like 10 blocks away and take one or two other hip-hop classes so yeah. I was taking three to five classes a day Monday through Friday like training 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 because I was like no I think I want to start doing more commercial dancing I think I want to you know explore the street style Mm -hmm. and just see where it takes me and literally I got scouted in a dance class and it's kind of crazy how that happened because that month I remember it was December my mother actually ended up in ICU oh my god she um yeah, she had a blood clot had popped in her brain. Yeah, and oh so she was God. in ICU for a week. And I remember that month I had just moved from Teaneck to Cliffside Park with my family. So she was really stressed. A lot of things were going on. Mm-hmm. She said she had, like, a really bad headache for, like, 24 hours. We took her to the hospital. They were like, oh, you're good. Finally, they did some other stuff. They're like, oh, no. So I just remember feeling mm-hmm. really stressed. I wasn't dancing. That whole month I'm just caring for my mom, trying to you right. know, just move up out of the house, like, I was like, I'm not dancing. I can't. And I remember I went to visit her and she was like, no, you need to get dance class. Like I can tell you're stressed. Like that's, mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, you need to relieve your energy and really just do something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I went and took a dance class. My friend's class who I was training with a lot. Didn't know that a talent agency was going to be there. Wow. I'm in a t-shirt, some baggy sweatpants. At that time, you weren't taking class to book a gig. I was that's really just true. taking class. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, times have changed. So I I go there (laughs) and I take class and Black Talent Agency is there and they see me. And then after class, she's like, you know, I'm interested in finding you. And I was like, what? She's like, do you want to, you know, come have a meeting in a couple of days? So I go there, have a meeting. And it's funny because she was like, oh, wow, you're tiny. She's like, I couldn't tell with all that baggy clothes. Ah! Oh, because, you know, when I came to the meeting, I was cute. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel nice. But it was just so funny because I was just like, yeah, I was just taking class. Right. Like, I didn't think I had to be like. Right. That's when but it yeah. was starting, you know, that the shift of like, okay, classes are auditions. Those are possible yep. gig opportunities yeah. and networking opportunities. So, yes, you're training, but mm-hmm. it's more so about being present and ready for exactly but 10 years ago it wasn't it wasn't like that Mm -hmm. it wasn't that deep everyone just came and we were just vibing we were there to learn a lot has changed but yeah so that's how I ended up um getting signed and it was definitely God because I had no idea I was just in in the right place at the right time that's so true like it was him because especially what you were doing and in intrinsically like your mom was like you need to take class. Just mm-hmm. even just how that that lined up, like I know I'll never forget. Yeah, oh, that's that's so. Oh yeah, it was an intuitive probably thing. She was just probably like you. You need to take class. You need to do yeah. you. And it was a bigger. And I needed journey. that. I needed her to give me that permission because I yeah. felt bad. Oh wow! I, I, you know, like I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have gone taking class. I was so worried about her mm-hmm. that I'm like. I felt like it would have been selfish for me to do something for myself. Mm, wow. And yeah, yeah so. Oh, 
Shouts out to mommy for allowing Elena to be her best self in that moment. Seriously, she has always allowed me to be my best self. So, like, that's one thing I can say. Like, I appreciate because I needed that because I can just be so there for everybody else and neglect myself. And that's something I've had to learn and work on as I've gotten older. Girl, I feel like that is a woman's story. The story of every woman's life. Every like, woman. Different levels, obviously. I feel like people, you know, with more similar spirits to yourself and, and me, like the kindness, you know, almost like people-pleasing type of thing. You want people mm -hmm. to be happy. Yeah. We really get the brunt of lack of self-care um, versus serving others. Yeah. It's intense. A hundred percent. And my mom's like that. So, you know, of mm. course it's going to trickle down generation. Yeah. My mom is the biggest people pleaser. And mm. she's even realizing now, like, I have to say no. I can't. Wow. I can't do this anymore. Because you can't give, you know, of yourself if your glass is not full. Like, Girl. you're going to be empty. And, like, you have to remember that. So she also instills in me, like, please, don't do this. Don't, you know, learn from me. Yeah. And I'm like... But it's true. It's true. It is. It, and it's so crazy, like, how connected we are genetic-wise. Um, that okay. okay, there we go. <laughs> but it's so crazy how, like, connected we are genetic-wise, too, to our parents, where we become a lot of their stories. And you hear, like, these things like generational curses or, or whatever. But mm -hmm. Ancestry, like, yeah, trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To trauma from girl. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's deep. True. I believe in it. It's deep. I do too. It is. It is. It's real. 100%. So we're going to jump into the next question. So, um, uh, well, you kind of somewhat answered this, I guess, in the later aspect of it, but why did you start dancing and when did you fall in love with dancing? So we know mm -hmm. you kind of fell in love with hip hop. Um, when you were in college? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't someone who started dancing when she was like three or four. Mm. <laughs> I think mm. I might have started like maybe like seven, eight at okay. Five Star, a local, you know, dance school. Oh, okay. in oh you went, I didn't know you went to Five Star. Okay. Shout out mm -hmm. to I didn't. Yeah, I took jazz and tap there. Okay. And yeah. So I did hop to a couple local studios mm -hmm. and I always kind of felt like, oh, I wish I had started earlier. Like, even as I got older, I'm like, you know, you see these little kids that are like five, beasting, and I'm like, oh my god, if I had started earlier, I used to be like part of myself. But Aww. at the end of the day, you start when you're supposed to start, and you're gonna be where you're supposed to be. Exactly. So I had to realize that as well. But um, I've always loved dance. I've always loved anything creative, but I always just felt connected with movement. Mm -hmm. And again, I guess me being a little shy and quiet, I was, you know, I, that was my way of expressing myself. Yeah, you know, just moving, and I just always loved music and just vibing out and connecting with that. And I guess also coming from a family who also in the music and entertainment industry, mm -hmm. it was accepted and I was comfortable and I was around that. And, you know, even if I'm not the singer, right. I'm still, it's still an art form. Mm -hmm. I just got the dance street, exactly. you know? So I think, I can't remember when I fell in love with it, but you know, I've always loved it. And it's always been a part of me. So oh, that's awesome. Thanks for yeah. telling us your dance love story. <laughs> so, um, 
how is your experience in the industry now compared to when you started? And you kind of tapped into that a little bit when you were talking about you're taking classes and training. Yeah. Um, right now, obviously, with the you know growing up Instagram and different social media platforms, a lot has changed. Because when I started training and dancing professionally, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. YouTube was kind of just starting. Yep. We didn't have these amazing phones with great video Girl. capabilities. Our, like our videos were blurry. <laughs> they were blurry. <laughs> barely see my, didn't matter. I had to have a beat. They could barely see my face. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You could have been know? a whole somebody else, girl. <laughs> right. Right. So looking back at when I was training and like the difference now is basically people are going to class to try to book a gig. Mm-hmm. They're going to class to be taped and put on YouTube and Instagram. And so, you know, they're going like they're auditioning. Right. They look great, you know. And I mean, I do see both aspects. It's important to brand yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, you know, show up the way you want to so you can be seen. Right. But I think the issue is a lot of people aren't taking class to grow and be better dancers. They're taking class to just be seen yeah. and book and you know it's just a different mindset because mm-hmm. I literally was like I want to be better I want to be the best that I can be I'm not just taking so-and-so because I know I'm about to slay their class and right. this is easy I was taking class that challenged myself and that would really push me to evolve and nowadays people are like oh I'm not taking that person I'm not I'm not trying to learn how to whack and pop I'm gonna take this class because I know I'm gonna get called out I'm gonna be you know in mm-hmm. the group pieces and I'm gonna do this and it's just like it's just a different mentality right. and I'm and I just never understood and don't relate to that. And mm-hmm. also on Instagram nowadays, like some castings will ask you how many followers do you have? And if you don't have a certain amount of followers, wow. they're not going to ask you. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't need you. So people are buying followers because they need to have at least 10,000 for, you know, castings to see you. I'm like, wow. well, what about your resume? Like now Instagram is your resume. Mm-hmm. You got to have all your videos and your headshots and everything on there to be seen because people are booking people direct booking people from Instagram. Wow. So instead I had to work hard and you know and <laughs> book create. these gigs and build a resume and now right. it's just Right. Different. It's like resume, you don't need a resume. What's what's a resume? Like Right. Like really? Y'all don't care? Oh, it's okay. crazy. Me and um Jasmine were kind of talking about this um briefly, not in too much depth, but I want to say a few weeks ago like we were talking about how certain really sought after um, social media choreographers right now don't uh-huh. even have any booked resume experience. Oh, yeah. You know. It's just been about their videos. And they're talented. It doesn't, uh, like, diminish their talent. Um, right. But... There's no experience other than the pedagogical, other than that just teaching within the class. But you're teaching people that are aspiring to have that. And you have no knowledge. And it seems like they don't even want to have the knowledge in it, too. Like, that's the notion I get. It's not like, okay, if this opportunity comes, I'm going to go this way. It's like, no, this is my niche. I'm going to stay here. Yeah, they're comfortable and it's working for them, so why why switch it up? It's true, and it's interesting because I've worked with some of like some of the top top people, like you're saying, like just were into choreography or got big just mm-hmm. because of their YouTube or Instagram videos, and they've 
never really done any professional work. And then when they do do a job or get booked on a gig, they don't really know what they're doing. Because learning in class and teaching is different than when you're actually on a gig and on a job. Like, there's levels to it. There is levels. You might play in class, but it's different when, you know, you have to know your spacing Mm -hmm. and you're changing, you know, spots and you're doing this Mm -hmm. and you're on film and, you know, you have to learn how to, it's just a lot. Yeah. No one can really teach you that. You have to go through that Mm -hmm. and live it for you to learn exactly like where's the camera where do you need to be to be seen exactly like, mm-hmm. visually make sure your faces are your facial expressions are on at every angle because you never know where that camera is going to be hitting yes you know, exactly in terms it's of a lot like, and yeah. even by working behind an artist sometimes they sometimes want you to tone yourself down for them mm. you can't be like too crazy and doing all these crazy facials behind the artist right. all the time. You can keep it cute, but you can't outshine that artist. Exactly. I'll be like, like "Oh, she's going off. Who's that?" Then it's like, "Right, this like, person singing a whole song." Like, listen, I've had times with even colorism. They wanted, wow. they didn't want me right behind. I was supposed to be right behind the artist. They moved my spot, and I found out later because she wanted to stand out, so they wanted to put a brown skin girl behind her. Are you and serious? Mhm. Yep. I won't say who, but. I almost didn't book the job because I was too light-skinned. And people think, oh, light-skinned girls always have it. No, I was on hold for a week for a job because I found out later because the assistant choreographer told me, yeah, they weren't sure if they wanted to book any light-skinned girls. They really liked you. So then on set, I was literally, you know, one light-skinned girl. No, um, switched me. She wanted to stand out, so she wanted two darker girls next to her. And I was, "Mm -mm." Yeah, you I was like, tell okay, your well. story, girl. What? And it's crazy, like how colorism happens in every aspect. It's not yeah. just like in media. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's happening at people's jobs. It's happening sometimes even in people's homes. Like it's real out here. It is real, and people would think that I've never experienced it, but I, I have. Between that being only five feet, because I'm very short. And, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> most people yes. aren't as tiny as I am, but I dance big and mm-hmm. I project big and I'm a big performer. So people don't realize until they get up on me like, oh, you're really short. Right. I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and tell us about like that journey and the struggles with that, because I know with commercial dancing, most artists are not shorter, you know, for right. whatever reason. Yeah. And yeah. when they're booking people, like, for instance, like Beyonce, she always has, like, a height requirement when she's doing mm-hmm. her auditions. Yeah. So that automatically excludes people of your height, you know? So right. how has that yeah. experience been for you? It was it was a struggle, and it was something that was very frustrating to me. And then my mom would be like, well, look at Paula Abdul, and look at, you know, different choreographers and different people who – we're still able to work and mm-hmm. still, you know, and rise above that. Like, yep. you can't change your height. All you can do is audition, be the best you can, and hopefully, you know, if that job is for you, that's for you. Right. Sometimes they do have, like, auditions where, like, okay, 5'5 five, five and up, or this height and up. Mm-hmm. So I respected that because then you're not wasting my time. True. But it was it was frustrating. Like, I've danced with plenty of Beyonce dancers on other gigs, mm-hmm. and the shortest one is 5'5". Five, five. Not to say, like, if you do something with the VMAs where they're, dance- where they're booking, like, 70 dancers, right. that's different because you're just kind of, like, a principal extra. Exactly. But you're not, you know what I mean? So you could, that could happen where big award shows you might get booked, but when it comes to, like, literally being one of, like, on tour mm-hmm. or, like, one of the principal dancers for her gigs, you got to be a certain height. Right. And, like I said, I just have to kind of get over that and just trust that, listen, 
my talent's going to speak for itself. Because I had another gig where I did get booked for a couple of shows. And the choreographer told me, like, oh, Leigh, I really wanted to book you for the other spot dates, but you're a little shorter, so we're going to book What's Her Name and What's Her Name over you. I'm sorry. You know, I got you, girl. You know, it was a choreographer from L.A. I love her to death. And I just have to be like, I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I do? That's the thing about commercial dancing. It's all about your look, Mm -hmm. who you know, and your talent. Most of the time, your talent is last. There's plenty of people who aren't that talented. They're beautiful. They can get by. They have the look that that artist or those people or production is looking for, Mm -hmm. and they get the job. And you just have to learn not to take it personal because it's never personal. Yeah. It's just, it's just a job, you know, it's business. And that's just the way Mm -hmm. the industry goes. It is. It's unfortunate. And I love that those nuggets that you're giving, because we, we have young listeners at times and, um, you know, I work with kids, so they're like, sometimes they, uh, will listen in, especially on dance. So like those nuggets, you guys heard that the look, make sure you have the look it's networking who, you know, sometimes it's not what you know. And what was the (laughs) other one? Um, then your talent. Your talent. There you go. <laughs> I hate saying that. I'm always going to say your talent should speak for itself, and it's the biggest thing. But okay. what I've learned, what I've been through, I've seen girls that are less talented get the job over girls who are slaying. Girl. And it's just like, well, how? Oh, okay. That's your friend? Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or sometimes, like, why did you even have an audition? You already knew your friend was already booked. That happens a lot in this industry, unfortunately, whereas um, I don't know what it's about if they just want the esteem or the hype they're doing it for the clout let me just post this up have like dancers wrapped around which is really um yeah yeah it's really just barbaric at that point because you know these people are looking for jobs this is livelihood it's not a game you know what I mean? If you want dancers to come in and just learn your choreography, just say that. Hey, you're just learning choreography. You know, you're there's no jobs promised yeah. here, but, you know, I just feel like I want to give choreography and have a panel. So if you guys want to go through a mock audition, let's do it. Say exactly. that. Yeah, you keep it real. People. They don't, girl, you know how many catacombs? I had to learn how to be discerning. Listen, if I don't know what the job is for or what the rate is, why am I auditioning? Oh, because it's so-and-so. I don't care. Yeah. I can't waste my time. I, no. Literally, after 10 years, I'm like, this is a lot because it's draining. Like, I have to do my hair, my makeup, figure out an outfit. I'm chucking it to New York. Girl. I'm bringing a pair of heels. It's a lot to prepare. Mm-hmm. And then you're telling me, oh, this is literally just, um, you know, for show. It's for, it's not a real audition. Okay. I just want to have a taping thing so I could just put this on my YouTube and use this for promotion. And mm-hmm. I already know who I'm booking. That's not fair, and, it, and it's hurtful, and it is. It you know it takes a toll on you, and it was just, a, and that's why I had to kind of take a break from it mm-hmm. because it was just, it was a lot on my heart and my soul after putting mm-hmm. so much in it, and I was just like, I need a break because this is draining me, and I need to like put more back into Elena. Mm. Like I've done, and I, I, I had done a lot. It wasn't like Preach. I felt like I didn't accomplish the things that I set out to accomplish and again I started it took me back to college when I felt like okay what's next is this serving you anymore this exactly like I love it but there's other things that I think I'm supposed to be doing as well and Mm -hmm. I've had that time and when I start feeling okay I'm transitioning somewhere else Mm -hmm. I trust that intuition and that gut feeling and like I've been doing right now meditating and just opening up 
and being open to any possibilities or what's next and feeling like I have other talents and other things that I want to key in on and mm-hmm. learn about myself and yeah. share with the world. And, yeah. you know, dance is always going to be there. If I want to go back to college, I can go back for two more years. Like, exactly. it's always going to be there. I'm not saying that I'm going to always, you know, maybe I don't want to ever, like, stop dancing professionally. Mm-hmm. I can. But I had to take a break because of things like that. that. I love that. And that just shows that you have a sense of no fear and trusting self. That's awesome. And that's hard for people to do. Even me hearing what you're saying, like for me, those things are very scary for me, you know, cause I'm also in my own transition. And, and yeah. I was just talking to my girlfriend before we started and I was like, um, I'm getting to a place. I know I have to go deep sea diving into self and I'm getting Ooh, to girl. It's, it's deep sea diving. I've literally been using that really deep deep and like you said it's scary it's it is scary. not and it's a lot of work like it's not for the faint heart like you have to totally tune out like the television the, the noise, um, reality yes. shows you know social media you have to actually just be one with self and it has to be a daily practice and you have to listen to oneself because you have to be able to hear the the god in you the soul in you yes responding. the guidance yes yes so you know where you're supposed to be and i was just telling my girlfriend i'm like i have to do this um and i know i'm probably going to do this during the summer because i'll have more solitude um right. but it's necessary because i feel like the things that i'm doing are no longer serving me anymore and things keep popping mm-hmm. up to show me that i was going to say to solidify that yep because the universe is going to keep telling you, it's going to keep showing you until you listen. Girl. It's and, true. You're going to keep getting signs. Mm-hmm. Keep getting signs. And sometimes also, like, you'll be pushed out of those things because you're not hearing what you need to be hearing. You knew you were supposed to go. You knew this was over. Mm-hmm. You knew this was not serving you. So now you're pushed out. And now yes. when you're pushed out, you have to figure out, okay, be one with self. Or in my situation, I just got back into another situation that was noise, you know? Mm. So, like, I'm at that place where I have to stop the wheel, you know? I yes. have to cut it, you know? It's, and it's scary, though, because, like, right now, you might not want to do certain things, but you need the money, you know? There's things that you're like, oh, I really would rather not do, but mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have any other choice but to do it. And so I was struggling with that too. I'm like, okay, so if I'm going to take a step away from that, what am I going to do? This has been my livelihood, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's like, where do you go? And like, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And like time is definitely of the essence because as we're in transition as a woman, there's certain things too that are time sensitive you know, um, that you want to accomplish before a certain time or you need to accomplish at a certain time. So it's, it's yeah. a whole lot. There's so much work that needs to be done. This this 2020 is a transformational year and Girl, it's it forcing everyone into um, individual solitude. And yep. a lot of people will be growing from this situation. A lot of people won't, but um, uh-huh. a lot of people will because it's necessary, like, we're getting signs from the universe. We're getting signs yes. from the Lord that we need to change. Yeah, Where we have to. Is not we right. have to start living authentic lives mm-hmm. and really, you know, being true to ourselves. Yeah. And it's hard because especially living in America, like, you know, they don't care about us. 
Girl. You work a nine to five or nine to eight. Like, you know, you don't have any time for yourself and your family. No. Some people are working like 60 hours a week and they're supposed and then have children. And like, when do they really have family time? So like this time is good for a lot of people who can, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. spend yeah. time with their loved ones and exactly. work on themselves. Exactly. And some people are taking this time as a blessing and some people are still, you know, kind of resentful. Everyone mm-hmm. is having different emotions and that's right. okay. But like you said, this is definitely a transformational time for mm-hmm. everyone. And if they can see that and really, you know, use it to its advantage, it can help so many people grow and evolve and, mm-hmm. you know, get you to the next level if you take Absolutely. the time to cultivate that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm here for it. I've, I've been enjoying it, um, me personally. Um, <laughs> yes, that's what I needed because I was just creating more opportunities of busyness and noise, so I didn't have to deal with I with I, what I needed to deal with. Yeah, um, well, we all do that, girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And distractions. It, why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as women, I, we're so good with multitasking that we subconsciously do it when we are in times of strife and trauma so that yeah. we can evade from from that yeah oh it's deep it's, it's a deep. lot it, it's, it's, it's a deep. lot but i did want to go back to a uh, one thing like um for like my young dancers that are listening can you tell us about the different um positions within um commercial dancing like you know um being lead dancers and like what does that mean or being in um the the mass core of i'm mm-hmm. talking like um i'm talking stage dancing now but like in terms of yeah. commercial dancing what are those uh what is that language what is the terminology right. and what does it mean okay um so let's say they're doing like a casting for the grammys mm-hmm. and it's rihanna she Rihanna might have her principal dancers. She might have like eight dancers that's always with her on tour or on her current tour, but she needs, you know, the Grammys is a huge stage. Mm-hmm. So she needs other extra dancers and their extras to take up the rest of the, you know, the rest of the area. Yeah. So a lot of times they'll have a casting and like, okay, looking for dancers for the VMAs. They won't say the artists, blah, blah, blah. All ethnicities, all heights, all you know, maybe certain ages, and then they'll be paying you maybe like, let's say, for extra dancers, it might be like two fifty for the day, mm-hmm. or two, you know, something like that. It might be two fifty for the day of the show, and maybe if usually you don't even have to have a rehearsal. Most of the time, you're just freestyling, having a good time. Oh, but okay. if you are having a rehearsal, it depends. Usually, for um, professional dancers, we have between four hours and eight hour rehearsals by the union, so you get paid a certain amount for four hours and a certain mm-hmm. amount for eight hours. And when you are doing a big show, you can only be for one song, you're usually in rehearsals for at least five days of eight-hour rehearsals. Wow. That's why people don't realize you're working hard on one dance, but they're not playing. Like, you got you to hit all those steps. You got to know mm-hmm. what you're doing. You got to know your transitions. You have to know, you know, where your staging is. It's a lot. Right. And it's just one song. So, what right, is that, like 30 hours? Minutes. Something like one? <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, so principal dancers are usually the ones who are always with that artist or mm-hmm. even say a commercial. You're the principal role. Right. You're the main person. You're getting paid the most. You might have lines and you have your background dancers or mm-hmm. background actors. They get paid, you know, a certain rate for the day and usually they're just in the background. Mm-hmm. So those are the two kind of 
differences usually. Nice. Thank you for that nugget. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, before we get into the next question, just organic question just come up. Um, who was the most exciting and fulfilling, um, artist or experience job that you've had thus far? What like resonates with you that was a great experience, um, mm -hmm. professionalism wise, I guess, because sometimes it could be messy um, on the back end, but it was a great experience completing the job. Right, right. Um, uh, so I, I guess well, either. I have, yeah, I have probably two. I mean, most people know that I had danced with Shakira, and mm -hmm. that experience was different because I. the reason I even got that gig, I auditioned for the video. And then from the video, we ended up being able to go to L.A. Oh, wow. Now, in retrospect, they should have paid for all of our flights and room and board. But Ooh. since we were New York dancers, they treated us as L.A. locals. Uh, that means, good luck, you find your own way out there. What? And you pay for the duration that you're out there. That's oh on God. you. If you want this job, we're giving it to you. But And that's not usually how it goes. And it's, mm -hmm. now I'm thinking back. But at that time... We were all just so happy for the opportunity because New York wasn't really getting a lot of big dance jobs. Right. And and, and it was all black women. So, wow. And so that was really big, too, that it's a whole group of black women. And we were, you know, asked. And at that time, like, it was Hi-Hat. And she's an amazing choreographer. Worked with Hi -hat. everybody. Yes. So it was like, we're not, we're going to figure it out. We're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So... At that time, we were booked to do the American Music Awards. So, like, wow. you think I'm saying no to that? Right. I'm going to find my way to L.A. You know, so we, we did do that. And then I remember a lot of the L.A. dancers felt some type of way because we were the principal dancers. And since, again, uh -huh. it's a big award show, all the L.A. dancers were the, the background, the extras. Oh, so we wow. were on the stage, and they were, like, in the um, the aisles. The aisles. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so it was like, wow, New York is coming and showing out. So, like, that was amazing. And from there, that week, we ended up doing, um, I did So You Think You Can Dance. At that time, wow. the George Lopez show. Then I ended up doing, like, another, like, a couple other shows, the Jingle Ball show. And then the wow. biggest show, we ended up doing a couple months later because she was still hire us. Like, okay, basically, it was a spot date show. Spot dates are, like, this person has a single out. And they're performing on these shows, like this TV show, that TV show, and they're promoting their single. Mm -hmm. So she kept using us. But she, she wasn't using all the dancers. So I was lucky enough to get picked. So I would, inside <laughs> of the 12, yeah. it might be like sometimes six and, or oh, sometimes yeah. four. And I was getting booked. And I was like, oh, wow. So that experience, experience was amazing. Wow. And then during the NBA All-Star show was huge because it was about 200,000 people. Wow. And I learned so much. We had to fly to Texas for a week. I ended up getting food poisoning the night before our first rehearsal. No. I had an eight-hour rehearsal. I was sick as a dog. I don't know how I fished through, but... You still went to rehearsal, I, right? You, I, you hear yeah, that, I, ladies? I, I, like, yeah. you, I don't want to hear any more complaining. This is why I have no sympathy for <laughs> dancers or my students that, that say... Um, that they're not feeling well or, you know, something's yeah. not working. I'm like, if you want it, you're going to make it work. You can modify to make yourself safe. Yeah, your energy or maybe just, mm -hmm. you know, tell the choreographer, I'm really not feeling well. I'm doing the best that I can exactly. so they're aware. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm like, this is my job. I'm yeah. paid. I have to. And I didn't even tell the choreographer in the beginning. I waited. And then 
I was like, hey, hi, hi, just in case you were wondering if I'm a little off or I look, you know, I was really sick all last night. I'm still not feeling well. She was like, really? Oh, my God, I had no idea. She's like, oh, take it easy. Like, you know, but I gave her that respect to let her know because I'm good at playing it off. But eight hours in a rehearsal when you're sick is no joke. This ain't an hour and a half, two hours. This is a full day. Girl. You know, you get like a cute little lunch break, but you're like, Mm -hmm. you're hitting it. You're learning a lot. We were learning a new dance as well. Wow. And, you know, I just remember that week just being eye-opening and it was nice I was surrounded by so many people that I knew and so many other people who have been in the industry for like 10 years mm-hmm. like Tweety I don't know if you know Tweety there was so many people who were like veterans in the game wow. and I was able to learn from and connect with and then another thing and I'm gonna let y'all know never get comfortable always be prepared because the whole rehearsal we're thinking we're gonna be dancing in like combat boots or flats mm-hmm. the day of the show wardrobe gives us these little heels girl yeah and I heard they used to do that a lot back in the day. Um, yes. I mean, now it's more more known, like, okay, make sure you bring your heels because they might throw heels on you. But Right. But we've been rehearsing for five, six days, and now, and mind you, we were also doing stepping. So, no. <laughs> and there was a part where we had to balance, you had it in the Turpsy thing, balance in a passe with the heels. Yeah. But it was a plexiglass, and we're like this, and like, because we, we hadn't been practicing it. Girl, we were all like, mm-hmm. we were in like a straight line, and we had to all be in a nice passe and balance with these little heels on. It was crazy. I was like, wow, just always be prepared because you just never know. Mm-hmm. Because wardrobe isn't thinking about us. Nope. They're thinking about their wardrobe, you know, what they're trying to style. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking, oh, these dancers, they think we can do anything. Yeah. They just throw it at you. They haven't but, seen the choreography. They don't see like yeah, a difficulty no. They level. don't come to rehearsal to see. Mm-hmm. No. And another thing I will let you guys know is that. You could be rehearsing and learning choreography for five days and the artists come in. Oh, I don't want I don't want to do that. Oh, I can't do this. Can you change it? Yep, and they change it. Day before the show, whatever. Oh no. Nah, they can't do it. We gotta we, listen, this is the person I gotta it's not y'all. Yep. Wow. Plenty of times I've had that experience. And, and you gotta yeah, learn it's on the fly. You have to like do yeah. it. that's part of your but job. Yeah, that's you have to just roll with the punches and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like, you got to pull up. So that experience was, like, one of my first major, major times dancing with an artist. So that was amazing. But my last tour that I did, um, it was with Yandel. And I'm not Latina. I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand it. But I had to learn a whole tour (laughs) dancing to Spanish music. Mm. It's hard enough dancing and learning choreography to words that I understand. So I literally... We had, I think, almost two weeks of learning choreography. We learned two songs every day, and two different choreographers will come in a day. So four hours, I'm learning one song with one choreographer, then break, and then another choreographer will come in. Wow. And then the next day, another song. I think we might have had, like, 15 songs we were learning. When I tell you, my head was like, everything started sounding the same. I'm like, oh, my God. This is crazy. I had to ask my friend, who was the only Dominican girl that was booked in the gig, please, what is this song about? Because I need to know what I'm exuding, what I'm feeling. Is okay, it's about love, it's just about party. Like each song, you know, and that's what I tell we tell certain dancers mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics of the song, connect with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's your job as a dancer, that's your homework. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell you as a choreographer, you're dancing to a certain song, especially if it's something that's really deep and meaningful. You need to listen to it, you yeah. need to, you know, figure out how you can portray and really perform it. Right. So I had to do that. I was writing down the names of the songs. Okay, this is what this is about. Practicing it, 
videotaping, looking at all the rehearsals, yep. watching it on the train as I'm going to rehearsal. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. And But that experience, when I tell you his fan base is nuts, we'd be in Mexico at a festival with over 300,000 people. You can't even see. What? Dancing outside, like, his fans, like, I didn't, even, I didn't know who he was. He, he's huge. Him, Wiesen, and Yandel were, like, the biggest reggaeton even right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. So they like, do, they do was, serious, serious numbers. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. So, like, being, and I was with, like, some of my best friends. So, it, that was an amazing experience. Oh. And I learned so much. And I got to just perform and travel. I've probably been almost every place in South America. Like, wow. I love the traveling aspect. And just, you know, I was in Paris for, I had one show in Paris. But we ended up staying for, like, seven days because it was cheaper for us to stay there and then do another show in Amsterdam and then fly back to the U.S. I had so many days where I was just like, oh, my God, I can just explore Paris. Like, So those times are fun. Touring and having time off is fun. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're flying to maybe Chile and it's a 13-hour flight and you leave Friday, have a show Saturday and come back Sunday, that's not the best. So there's always ups and downs. Mm -hmm. It was a lot on my body. It was very, you know, mentally and physically demanding, Mm -hmm. but it really pushed me and, and and let me know the different ways I could be as an artist and right. you know mm-hmm. I didn't know. Wow. Oh my I god I love it. that. And the thing about um you Elena that I will say again going back to this is why I always still see her <laughs> in you, you know? I mean she's you but yeah. you're evolved. Um just the humility in in your spirit you know what I mean and you you never are very boasty about what you do if people know you they know what you've done (laughs) um that's the that's the extent of it like you don't have to stand on top of a hill and just beat it down people's heads it was your experiences and it developed you as an individual it's not for um flash or anything other than that and it's a testament, I guess, to your parents, too, on just how they reared you because it does not, and your family, it right. does not, um, it does not come off ungrateful. It does not come off, I'm better than you. It just, this is, this is my life. This is how right. I lived it in its most authentic way. And yeah. I love that about you, Leigh. I love it. I honestly also attributed, I it could be because I was raised with, uh, you know, family members in the entertainment industry. I was going to parties with Oprah. I was having, I don't even talk about this. I would see my Angelo twice a year for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Like, wow. I've been to her hollows before she passed. Like, my one of my close friends was like, Elena, I never knew that. I'm like, let them really talk about it. Right. To me, it was just normal. And I'm not, and no one's ever better than anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed that mm-hmm. I, you know. I'm able to do what I love, mm-hmm. but I think when people are, you know, flashy or do or cocky, that's just a form of insecurity. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. yeah, because why, why, like, why would that make me any better than you? Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, I've never felt that way. I've always just wanted everyone to just, you know, come together and everyone should be on their higher calling and path and mm-hmm. just do what they love and right. just share that gift. It's nothing about like, Ooh, I'm better than you because I did this. Nah, like. Right. Mm-mm. 
So yeah, but definitely the way I was raised too. My mother said, you have to always stay humble. Oh. And that's how you stay grateful. And that's how you continue to be blessed. Absolutely. Because being jealous of other people's blessings Absolutely. takes away from your own. Absolutely. And it, it causes you so much energy and focus on something that isn't yours. And exactly. it's distracting you from where you need to be. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So what would be your advice to any young aspiring dancers regarding being a commercial dancer or wanting to be in the commercial dance industry? Mm -hmm. um, stay well-rounded. Mm. Take every type of class you can, not just hip-hop, because mm -hmm. I think having a ballet modern uh, foundation helps with my lines it helped me be able to transfer my weight easier helped me be able to like now you're street jazz you're doing pirouettes where yeah. you getting that from you're getting that from ballet and jazz right you're not teaching it in the street jazz class it expects mm. you just know it it just i can always tell a hip-hop dancer that's trained mm. and one that's not yeah and you never want to limit yourself like you never know what you're going to get when you go to audition you don't know what style they're going to give you and they expect mm. you to know it all a lot of people think, oh, I'm a girl, I'm just going to be doing heels. No, I mean, that's beautiful, and you should know how to dance in heels, and right. it should be actually a stiletto heel mm -hmm. and not a clunky one. Oop. That's another thing. And I Listen, <laughs> I had another rehearsal for a gig. I was in the clunky heel. What? Day of the show, that choreographer gave me a five-inch stiletto. Cool. When I tell you we had to do this, like, wind back into this arch, come down, and, like, we were gagging. All the dancers were like, oh, my God. That whole day of the show, I was in the back room practicing because Whoa. I wasn't ready. And from then on, I'm like, oh, no, I will never dance in a, a block heel or anything. Mm. It's only stilettos oh. because you'd rather you have to be repaired. But, again, take whacking, take voguing, take waving, take take different types of choreographers and teachers. Mm -hmm. Don't just get comfortable, like I said before, and just be like, oh, I know I'm, I'm really good in this person's style. I'm going to get called out and seen, and that's important to me. No, exactly. you want to... You want to be uncomfortable. That's the yes. only way you're going to be better. And it's the only way you're going to grow. Yes. And and also, you know, know how to be feminine if you're a female. And if you're a man, know right. how to, you know, dance as a man. Because some men only want to, you know, be do both and be girly. Mm -hmm. And that's cute, too. But you have to be able to switch it out. Look at Darrell Bullock. Darrell, you can get, look at, look at John Tay. You kidding me? True. You got to be able to do both if you want to be successful. You do. And have longevity. Mm-hmm. You can't be a one-trick pony. It's exactly. not going to work for you because once that that circus is done, what what do you have? Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So yeah. that's one thing, and also, if you are starting to audition and you're at that point, you know, make sure you do have a headshot. Even if your resume isn't, you know, you haven't done anything professional, you can still do anything you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, have something. Just be ready. Be prepared because they like that. Um, nowadays know your look make sure you look like your headshot if you have red hair in your headshot make sure your hair is still red right. they want to be able to look and be like oh this is you and they want you to look how you look in person in your picture mm -hmm. so make sure your picture isn't too photoshopped or looking different they're going to be like who is this girl exactly. so your headshot is important you know knowing your body and being body conscious about what you're wearing because mm -hmm. a lot of times they do want to see your body it's commercial dance and like i said i didn't know at one point when I got scouted. I'm wearing a t-shirt and baggy sweatpants. If you're going to wear something baggy, then you're going to have to wear a crop top so they can see the balance. If you're going to wear, mm -hmm. you know, you have to balance it out as a female because in the industry, it's about your look and they want mm -hmm. you to be cute and sexy and, you know, 
and that's something else that I was like I had to learn as I got older Mm -hmm. what am I wearing you know talking going to auditions you start seeing you start looking at everybody okay you start seeing who's getting the job or making it to the end look Mm -hmm. at how they look what are they wearing you know what are they doing make sure when the music's on an audition you start freestyling you gotta start Mm -hmm. dancing right then and remember when you walk into the room that's your audition from the beginning how you conduct yourself how you you know people watch you you don't know who anyone is just you know you might think this person's nobody and that could be the artist you don't know so you have to always just have a professional demeanor be on time and just cultivate it and just yeah be like that (laughs) girl you are giving nuggets (laughs) nuggets gems thank you so much okay you kind of dipped into this a little bit but can you talk about your legendary family and the connections to the music industry that you have uh, or your family has Mm -hmm. all right um i'll start with my father so um my dad so everyone knows the song ymca my dad is the lead singer of the Village People, so he's been blessed to have that job for over 33 years. Wow. Now, lately, if anyone's hearing about the Village People, they had some type of um, lawsuit because, all right, let's let's go back real quick. My Rewind. dad came in, let's say, I think it was 1978, that was the original guy. So my dad came in two years after. The original mm-hmm. guy who was playing the cop, which is what my dad, that was his character. Mm-hmm. He was a lead singer. That guy had some issues, drug issues, so they fired him. My dad replaced him. My dad okay. had been the lead singer for the past 33 years. Mm-hmm. The last, maybe a year ago, that guy got fired. He hasn't been in the group for 33 years, decided to come back, do some lawsuits. There were some issues, and now oh, wow. they kind of got the name. He created another group, the Village People, and is now touring. And so my dad and the original Village mm-hmm. People, they had to create a new name called Kings of Disco. It's crazy. So it's been a lot going on. I know. And it's a lot because people, I'm like, I hope people don't think that's my father. People who know me know how my father looks. This guy is, you know, like nothing, you know what I mean? But it's just been a lot of like like two years dealing with the lawsuit. And Mm -hmm. how do you let somebody come back who hasn't even been singing, hasn't been in the group? They've been keeping that. They've been touring and still, still touring for like the whole time. My dad is always away. And people think that they're not working. They were working, but now it's just been a lot. But either way. You know, that that's that. And then my dad's sister is Valerie Simpson. So Ashton and Simpson, um, mm-hmm. singers and songwriters, Motown. Legendary. You know, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. They wrote I'm Every Woman. Um, so many songs reach out and touch. So my uncle, Nick Astra, he actually just had a birthday, May 4th, but he passed away six years ago. Yeah. Rest in peace. Oh, and my aunt is still performing. Wow. And it's amazing because, like, she was just on Broadway a year ago. She did Chicago. Really? Like she's all yes. Oh she's always reinventing herself. Oh. I don't know how she does it. I like, love that. That woman is crazy. Like I what? love that. Her first time on Broadway, like at her age. Oh. And she killed and that's it. That's a she tough show. <laughs> so like one woman that inspires me besides my mother is her because she she does it all like so it's just amazing to have you know those type of family because they've always supported me mm. and even just leaving college most parents would have been like nah girl you're gonna finish this degree you're gonna stay in college period but having period right but having the support 
because my family are all entertainers and because they're in the arts, they they, get it. they believed in me. Mm-hmm. And I, I always am so grateful for that. Yeah. And because most parents wouldn't. And I wouldn't be where I am if I, I wouldn't have been happy. Yeah. And, you know, my happiness is so important. So just having my dad and my aunt and, you know, my family, they have a restaurant, the Sugar Bar, and they have open mic on Thursdays. I love me some Sunday. Sugar Bar, FYI. <laughs> Yes, and artists come. Like, they've had every type of artist coming. They sing. Like, it's such a great environment. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, oh, it's amazing, and I love it. So, it's just. The food is good, too. The food is popping, y'all. So. What? Oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) Yes, that food is good. (laughs) But, yeah, it definitely has, you know, helped me become the person I am, having that support of my family Mm -hmm. and watching them, just seeing, you know, the things that they're doing and accomplishing in life. And just knowing that I can also do that because sometimes you do need to be able to see. Because sometimes like, oh, am I able to accomplish this or can I do this? And I always saw people who did it. Absolutely. And I'm like, okay, they did it. I can do it too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that that imagery is so important. That's why now people are realizing the, the um, detriment and um, the importance of how imagery is to mm-hmm. young people. Because if you yeah. don't see yourself represented, if you don't see within your families um, how functional relationships go or togetherness, it becomes part of your ideology and what you believe. Yes, and your belief, yes. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And, yeah, some people can, some people don't need that, and they just have that, like, drive, and they mm-hmm. believe in themselves so much. True. But other people need that. They mm-hmm. need that role model. They need that vision, and they need to be able to see that and right. know that, you know it's possible so mm-hmm. oh my god i love that yes i had no <laughs> idea that was your dad fyi yeah, really no no Girl, clue. so i'm gosh. learning today yeah. i'm learning today That's so funny i have to send you some pictures on my facebook from when they got the hollywood walk of fame oh, really? oh god he's all dressed up in his cop outfit and we're just oh. taking all these photos it's just- <laughs> you're like dad yeah, can be over there all right i'm proud of you though <laughs> it's different no that's awesome like they've definitely your family your father included have paved ways for so many artists that are here today don't even really know that the connection is all yeah and i look at him i'm like yo you're blessed and i and you know what's funny i've actually choreographed for them so i've been able to do choreography yeah i've done choreography for them and i know in one of your questions you asked me and you didn't ask yet Mm -hmm. yeah that's coming up Mm -hmm. we're going to think about that because i I forget i'm like oh yeah i have done and i'm like exactly and that's 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 a tick that's a tick on Mm -hmm. the resume that's a tick on the experience that you hold i know but i am sad because i i not I take it for granted, but I, I just did it. I wasn't really like, okay, you know what's funny? They made me audition. How about that? What? My, my ego was like, oh, word? Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I definitely was like, y'all couldn't just give me this gig right. real quick? Right. I don't, I don't I know. love, they wanted to keep you hungry, okay? Right? I was like, okay, keep me hungry and humble. They made me audition. I mean, they got, obviously got the gig, but... Girl, I love that. that. Yes, I'm all for it. I'm Don't all get for comfortable. that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so that's actually the next question. Are you finally comfortable with calling yourself a choreographer? And I put this down because I feel like 
maybe what past five years or so I felt like you and I know you were in that transitional stage where you were still um, you know auditioning for gigs um, commercial gigs as a dancer um, but I felt like there was somewhat like of a pushback in uh -huh. stepping into the next phase the natural phase of this um, career you know uh -huh. and I was like I got the I got the notion that you didn't believe in that aspect of your talent as as uh -huh. much as myself I did and and Mark did um, right right I did feel that so that's why I was like oh let me ask her let me see how she feels <laughs> <laughs> honestly not even still not really because mm -hmm. I guess I've always just been a performer I've mm -hmm. always seen myself as being a performer wanting to bring other people's visions to life right. it was never about me being a choreographer really mm -hmm. like I've, I've, I've been a teacher and I've taught on and off mm -hmm. for years but actually being a choreographer wasn't something that I wanted to do. Like some people, that's what they, they strive to be. Right. I want to be a choreographer. I mm -hmm. want to, you know, create movement on these people. I have all these ideas. Right. And for me, I never felt like I have all of these ideas. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's times where I'm inspired. And when I'm inspired or hear a song or something, I'm like, ooh, you know what? I want to choreograph to that. Yeah. But I it just comes in waves for me. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, but also if I'm pushed, like I said, that opportunity for my dad's group came. I got three songs. It was a challenge. What is it? Having to, you know, men, and I had to incorporate using mic stands, choreography, mm -hmm. and think about choreography that they can do at their age, and things right. that are still exciting, but not too high. Like, that definitely pushed me outside wow. of my comfort zone. So I think sometimes I do need that push, but I can't say that I claim myself or portray myself to be a choreographer. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I'm like, I, I have, I've done it. So, yeah, so I'm you have. Struggling. I'm still struggling. I don't know. I it's know. weird. I, I feel like that's, that probably goes back to just your, um, your shyness demeanor from back in the day. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. not fully committed to it yet, but it's there. You Yes, you have done it, obviously. It's been like a few <laughs> years of you doing it more right. on a serious realm and that, having that big gig with your father's group that yeah. pretty much solidifies that that tick in your experience but yeah. I feel like it's there I feel like you really need to embrace it because um once it embraces once it's embraced I feel like you will really start to see how far that creative aspect mm. can go. And every choreographer is not the same. Like, everybody's process right. is different. Some people, like you said, it flows out of them. Some people, yeah. it, they have to have some type of inspiration in order to to want to create movement, too. Um, right. Some right. people, it's a very thought-calculated process. You know, yeah. like, okay, what's the song? How many counts are in the song? What is the beat tempos? Okay, is there uh -huh. eight or eight? Like all those type of things in order for them to piece it together like a math problem. So right. I think once you embrace it, you'll find out what your rhythm is. And it'll right. just be more organic and you'll like stand in that confidence of like, yeah, you know, I, I am a performer, I'm a dancer, and I'm also a choreographer too. Exactly, because I didn't say that when I introduced myself, and mm -hmm. I peaked it, like, mm -hmm. I did not say that yeah. when you asked me who I was and what I do. Yeah, see? It's there, oh, you, it's you. <laughs> and that, you know what I do enjoy is um, collaborating on choreography with people, mm -hmm. so I ended up, I booked a gig, 
And when I think about it, they kind of got us because, so it was for, I don't know, Bobby Smurda, you know, that little Smurda dance thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> me and my, me and my, one of my best friends, but it was for Jimmy Fallon. Oh, so okay. they made it seem like we were just going to be freestyling and do a little Smurda dance. Mm-hmm. We get to rehearsal. They're like, oh, maybe if you guys just put together a little choreo here and there, just maybe did it out. We ended up choreographing the whole thing together. No. And now when I look back, we didn't even get paid extra for that. Oh, wow. But I enjoyed, like, vibing with my friend, and, you know, us doing it together mm-hmm. was great. And I, I do, like, it's times, like, I, I wouldn't mind working with somebody else mm-hmm. as well, because yeah. I like to be able to bounce ideas. I don't need it all to be about myself. Right. It could be like, okay, you get this part, and then together we do this. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of like collaborative. Yeah. That's good too, Perfect. and that might be your avenue too. Like you, you're that added piece to the masterpiece. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like all pressure on you. It's a supportive effort of the two or the yeah. collective, whoever right. involved. That's, yeah, that's something I have thought about. Like, you know, maybe me and my friend, if I wanted to put together like a little something, we could. You know, I would. I like that. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, but thank you. Something to think about because I, I just you know for terp season different things I just do it like Mm -hmm. okay. Like all right, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. Y'all need a piece. Let me think about it. It might take me a couple months to figure out a song, but I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna. And it's always great. Like I feel like every year your movement um, quality gets even more enhanced. Um, not to say like, you know, the choreography is not challenged, but I can see mm-hmm. the, the different intricacies and different levels of how yeah. you, you've evolved. Thank and this, yeah. this year, this season, which what you did with them was phenomenal. Not only was it oh, wow. visually, aesthetically pleasing, um, the movement, um, and the beat translation through the movement was amazing. Um, Thank you. and the enjoyability of it like those dancers really loved it like and also just looker honors it made you want to be a part of it like oh yeah no it it was very fulfilling and i was so proud yeah you know of all the hard work they did they 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 killed it so it was it was really good it was really good it was a big number it was a long number with a lot of people a lot of moving over six it was over six minutes that was that also challenged me Mm. because i didn't expect it to be that long and so i looked and was like oh my mix is six so can i break it down but stevie songs it's hard to cut certain things it is it is you got to take your time you know like it's Stevie. it's right i'm like i love that part and i want this part it was it was hard Mm mm-hmm I love yeah. that. I love that. Well, it means a lot coming from you because you know I love your work. Oh, and so thank you. I really appreciate oh, the compliment. Thank sweet. you. That means a lot to me, too. Thank you. Um, something came up and I wanted to ask. So in terms of being compensated monetarily, what advice would you give? Because a lot of the times you do get into situations like that in the industry. Um uh-huh commercial and otherwise I know that that has happened to me even though I haven't done commercial dancing um in the stage work and the behind the scenes choreographic work that has happened to me a lot um what advice would you give in terms of like solidifying what your worth is monetarily Mm. and what those boundaries are so if you're going to a gig and like 
you're being bamboozled. Like, what happened right. to you and your girlfriend? And it turned out to be right. a cool experience, but at the end of the day, it was labor. It was work. And mm-hmm. you weren't compensated. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at that time, before, once we figured out they want us to choreograph, I should have called my agent mm. <laughs> and, you know, had her deal with it. And her, like, okay, well, y'all got to pay them more because now yes. they're choreographers. This was not supposed to be, you know, their job description. Mm-hmm. So looking back, we should have done that. Yeah. You know, being young and just excited and whatever, like, oh, this is nothing. It's not going to be that hard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't speak up. But if you don't have an agent, I would say always have a contract that you write up. You know, because you need to have proof and you can't always take people's word, honestly. And it's mm-hmm. sad, but you can't. And even with friends, I'm like, anything you're doing, you might just need to write up a little something, something, have them sign it and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And knowing your worth when it comes to like, I guess, rates and things, mm-hmm. it depends. Depends on, you know, how many pieces you're doing, right. you know. It depends on the show as well. And it might depend on your experience. So some people will say, okay, this is your first shot. We're not going to pay you how much you pay someone who's been doing this for 10 years or, you know, things like that. So it's just about also just knowing your worth and what you feel you deserve. You can always have room for negotiation as well. Right. So you can ask friends. And sometimes, like I said, you can Google, like if it's a commercial job, they have union rates. Mm. So Dances Alliance, we have a certain rate for four hours. We have a certain rate for eight hours. But if it's non-union, some people don't get paid at all for rehearsals and they only get paid for the shoot. Not cool, but there's levels to it. So you just have to know what you feel you're worth. And if you feel like you want to do something for the experience, you know, you got to pay your dues as well. That's okay. But just know at some point you have to start also getting paid because, Mm. (laughs) you know, you're worth that. Right. And when you're um, with an agency, are you automatically entered into the dancing union or is it something that... So, no. So the union... the union really is SAG AFTRA. That is for uh, Screen Actors Guild, so that's mm-hmm. for TV. Yeah. I ended up getting into that when I was young because when I left TJ, Thomas Jefferson Middle School, I went to a school TJ. called Professional Children's <laughs> I went to a school called Professional Children's School, and it was there mm. that a lot of professionals, I think even Ashley Everett went there. Oh. She wasn't there when I was there, but a lot of dancers and people who were actors and wanted to still have um, a school environment, not only be homeschooled, so a lot of, they would go there. Mm-hmm. And it was around the corner from Alvin Ailey, so I would go there and then walk to Ailey. It was mm-hmm. there that I met a lot of people who were doing print work and acting and uh, commercials, so I ended up, I was with Wilhelmina for print, so I did, I was with them, and then I ended up acting. And the acting, when you do a certain amount of acting roles, mm-hmm. you have to join the union. They're like, oh, okay, you get a couple, you can do it for free, non-union gigs, but after mm-hmm. non-union, they're like, nah. And then you have to pay to get into the union. Mm-hmm. Luckily, back in the day, it wasn't that expensive. Now it's like maybe $2,500, $3,000, be wow. more. Yeah, it's a lot. So my friend, she had been doing so many gigs. And I'm like, the union hasn't gotten you yet, girl. Mm-hmm. You dance for everybody. Like, <laughs> So one gig, they're like, listen, you have to join the union now. Like you have, like for you to do this gig, you have to join the union. And so the pay that she was going to get from the, from the job had to end up going to the union. So some people would rather not join because sometimes you have a lot more non-union commercials, even Mm -hmm. though it's not going to pay as much because a union job, a commercial, you could pay like $20,000. A non-union, you might get paid five, you know, but Dancers Alliance is the rates that they use to, for like commercial dancers when it comes to four hour, 
eight-hour rehearsals, they mm-hmm. have a certain rate for that. So that's not really a union. It's an alliance that just protects us when it comes to, you know, making sure we're getting the right pay right. or making sure that we're getting fed. When I did um, America's Got Talent, we were supposed to get paid. Um, we were supposed to get fed at a certain time, and they had us working because they were they were kind of behind. And we were like, uh, Dancers Alliance, we have to eat. Ooh. And, like, we had to literally stand up for ourselves and tell yeah. our agents, like, they're tripping. Yeah. But. Wow. It's, uh, yeah. Mm-mm. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's good, like, that they have those systems in place because a lot of people, especially as women, can be taken advantage of. And, like, yeah. in, in the commercial dancing and just... I feel like dancing even, you know, dancers, period, because even if you go on stage, like for Broadway and stuff like that, it's it's more of the bottom feeders. So yeah. even though dancers, we make artists look so good, we, we complete the whole yeah. aesthetic. We're at the bottom of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. I always say that. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. I've had gigs where I had to literally be the person to stand up. Like, we were all, one gig, we were all supposed to get fed. Another, it's always, somehow, sometimes related to food. They told us they ran out of enough meals for us. I said, excuse me? I said, you know how many dancers you had booked? I was like, you're going to have to figure it out. Right. So then, and everyone was like, no one was saying anything. I was like, absolutely not. I'm going to eat. So they ended up having to bring us to where the um, the crew was eating, and they had a whole buffet. Oh, what? I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, okay, well, you guys can eat here. They weren't about to, they were about to be like, oh, wah, wah. what do you mean? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's, yeah, they tried it. I was like, no. Oh. It was it was like Google Broadcast. It was a big production. And I remember I was, and people were thanking me, like, thank you, Elena, for, like, standing up and wow. saying something. I was like, no, because I've been in this industry way too long. I know what's supposed to happen and what's, you know, this is not right. This is abuse. And they're wrong. Yeah. They had to figure it out. And they knew that. But if no one was going to say anything, we would have just been like, okay, we're exactly. hungry. Or we would have just left one and paid for our own meals. Exactly. But no, you're supposed to pay for our meals. I'm not spending my money. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they wanted you guys to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We were hoping yeah. everyone was green enough to just do and comply. And they probably exactly. have done that so many times before. So Yeah. exactly. It's crazy. Like I've realized you really have to stand up for yourself because... And you would think that that choreographer that was on that job would have, but at that time, I don't even know where she was. She was doing a lot. She was, she was probably was literally eating like, her meal <laughs> in a secluded area. They might but, have said, like, hey, you eat here, and tricked yeah. her into thinking you guys were being fed as well. Mm-hmm. So it was too it. many dancers. It was, like, it was a really big production, so, you know, it was hard for her to be and know what was going on, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I was like, y'all got the wrong one today. <laughs> no, man. That's one thing, I've, no green one thing I've grown is that I have worked on my, you know, root chakra and my speaking up for myself as I've gotten older. Because like I said, had that been 10 years ago, Girl. I probably would have not said anything. But Girl. no, I'm like, I can't. Mm-mm, I have to be true to myself and I have to stand up for myself. And that's something I've had to work on with everything, that. relationships, friendships, like, now, I, I don't like confrontation, mm-hmm. so a lot of times I would just be like, okay, or let right. things slide. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that's wrong, and I'm not going to let you sit here and blame me. Yeah. As for women, I feel like it's very important that we utilize our speech. Our voice, that, yeah. That voice is so important to just use. Like, yes. a lot of times it was just silenced, and I think societally, like, we have been silent, so we feel it's necessary to just 
go through whatever we're going through in silence. That's why, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I've been, you know, using the, these moments to advocate for, you know, young girls and just women in general. Like, if you're having seriously painful periods, that mm-hmm. is not something that's normal. You know, like, right. we right. need to speak more so speak. we can educate each other on yes. what's going on so we're not dipping into dis-ease in the body. You know? 100%. 100%. It's real. It's, it's so Yeah. Real. Okay, so we're going to jump to the next question. We're getting into the juicy juice now. <laughs> I find that juicy. It's about love. It ain't that juicy. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. Okay, so. Was that the question? Yeah, it, it surely was. <laughs> How has your dating journey been like in your 20s? And are you currently in love? In my 20s? Before? Uh, 30s, 30s, I'm sorry. 30s. Because, <laughs> you know, we 20 out here. <laughs> right? Hello, girl. Listen. Um, my 30s. Well, I'll pick back off of my 20s because I was um, with my boyfriend all of my 20s. Wow. And then when I hit 30 was when things started getting a little rocky. Mm-hmm. And I, so one thing I can say is obviously in your 20s and your 30s, you're, you should be two different types of people, you know? And mm-hmm. what I wanted and needed in my life in my 20s is not what I realized I want and need in my 30s. Mm-hmm. So in my 20s, I had a lot more understanding and patience for certain things. Yes. Um, my, my boyfriend at the time, when I first met him, he was finishing college, mm-hmm. you know, so everyone, you know, you don't have a career yet. Yeah. You're still trying to figure out your life. Mm-hmm. And I understood that. And I was very supportive of that. Right. And then when I realized that he had his degree, but he wasn't using it, mm-hmm. he kept telling me like, okay, I, I need to take the test. I want, he, he was like in physical education. Mm-hmm. I need to take my physical education test. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, yeah. why aren't you doing it? Right. He never did it. He never did it. And even to this day, he's still doing a job that's not a career, a job that he says he doesn't like because he's complacent. He's told me I'm complacent. He doesn't know what else to do. And I realized I need a man who has ambition and drive. And even if you're not where you want to be, you're you're pushing yourself and you're striving and you believe in yourself. And my ex and I, we're still very close. He's still like one of my closest friends and wow. that's beautiful. And we, yeah, we have a great friendship, mm-hmm. but I had to let him go. And that was really hard for me because I had been with him for so long and yeah. I loved him and we didn't have a bad relationship. We barely ever argued. Like oh, wow. it was, it was very easy going. He, that I know if he didn't cheat on me, you know, it was to the point where I was like, damn, could he cheat on me? So I have a reason to break uh, up. Like, yeah. Like, I want to start a fight so tonight. <laughs> He's a really great person and great man. Mm-hmm. It was just that when it came to career, I need that security, that protection. Mm. I want you to want, I can't see your potential if you don't see it. Right. I can't want more for yourself than you want for yourself. And I felt like mm-hmm. I was trying to push and pull something out of him that, you know, that he wasn't ready or doesn't have. I don't know. Right. So, since then, it kind of like it ended probably like when I was 30, 31, like ish. Um, it was still going back and forth. Like, we weren't, we weren't together, but we were still, you know, kicking it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, you know, it was hard. But mm-hmm. since then, I haven't, I won't say I've been like, you know, I was dating, dating here and there. But what I realized now during this quarantine, actually taking a lot of time for myself, mm-hmm. was that 
because I wasn't admitting it. I wanted, I thought I wanted more casual things. Like I'm not looking for nothing crazy right now. I just came out of an eight, nine year, you know, your relationship. I'm chilling. It was more fear Mm. because I, you know, meeting someone new and dating is kind of scary. Opening yourself up and being vulnerable and transparent. It's a lot. Yeah. I didn't have to do that. I had someone I was with that knew me, you know, for nine, ten years. Yep. So, so the thought of actually having to do that and put myself out there again mm-hmm. was a little scary for me. So, and I didn't realize this. So I just was lying to myself and saying, oh, yeah, I just want to go on dates and have a fun time and nothing serious. Like, right. there was someone who I think it could have been serious, but I wasn't in that mind frame mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So now I'm like, you are ready for that, and you're deserving of that. And I have realized, okay, I'm ready for another relationship, and I'm ready to put myself out there. I'm ready, and that's okay. And it's just kind of crazy because I literally didn't know I was lying to myself. And so I've been meditating a lot lately, you know, doing affirmations and things and journaling. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, no, you're, you know, you like monogamy. You like having someone, a, a per, just one person that you can really be there for mm-hmm. and support you and vice versa and love. And that's okay. Wow. And I'm not someone who really wants to get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. So that's why for me, saying casual this, casual that, I'm like, whatever. I'm not, you know, my time isn't taken. I'm not looking right. for that. So I was just kind of like masking a lot of things. And But I do. I want a partner. And now I can say that. And now we're in quarantine. I can't date. Right, girl. We trapped in a closet. Yes. But I wouldn't have had this epiphany and this realization if I didn't have the time to really dealt with them myself and keep it real with myself Mm -hmm. because it's easy to lie to yourself. And I know. And had this not happened, you probably would have done this for a few more years because you didn't have the time to actually sit with self. And exactly. figure out, hey, wait, I do want this. That was just fear talking. Yeah. So that was pretty eye-opening for me. Wow. And it's funny because when I told some friends, they're like, yeah, like, we've been trying to tell you. Like, oh. I know, I've been telling you that. But I don't remember that. I was not hearing them. Right. They were I... like, you know, but you kept saying this. And we're like, all right, sounds good. We're going to let you think that. But mm-hmm. you'll figure it out soon. Right. I'm like, wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yes, like see this this quarantine is doing miracles on people. Like I'm loving it personally. Again. Yes. I just have to No. Say. I am too. I'm I'm chilling. Right. Right? <laughs> I'm chilling. I just feel like one. So the days go by kinda of fast to me. They like do. for me, I look up and it's already Sunday and you're like, Oh shoot, yes. like the week is done. Like Exactly. We are in Thursday. Like, I feel like I was just in I blinked and April was done. Girl. You know what's crazy? My gratitude journal, the whole month of April, I think I was still writing March. Really? Yes. <laughs> I realized, was it, I don't know, but I looked and I was like, wait. And then I was like, it's because I was like, it's May now. And I looked back and I'm like, you weren't even writing four. I was like three. Girl. I was so, it's crazy. <sighs> yeah. It's, I know this is like warped and some I haven't been going out a lot like mm-hmm. pretty much at all I'll just go for supplies because it's such a yeah. task for me uh, yeah. in my battle gear so like it's a lot so. <laughs> I saw your story you had a whole gear on I was cracking up for real like I'm like listen you gotta wrap it up okay yeah. so like it's a lot so I just, I don't have time for that. And I have so much to I do. I get it, girl. Days, like, 
wake up, you know, set the intention of the day, you know, yes. meditate. It's, it's a lot of stuff. So when I add going out and venturing out, it's a huge detour. Mm, I see. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump into the next question. We're almost done, but um, how have you worked on your self-worth and where are you at with it now? Okay, so my self-worth always just comes from a place of like loving myself and learning to put myself first because it's just so, so important. Mm -hmm. And I'm not someone who always maybe put everyone before me, but I was a people pleaser. Mm. And I think I mentioned I, that before. Okay. I, yeah, you can relate. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had the, I have like, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like confrontation. I, I sometimes look back and realize that I let certain friends, you know, mm. kind of use me in ways that benefited them. Girl, and I didn't know how to speak up for myself. And it took a lot of just, Checking in with myself and asking, like, how does this make you feel? Does this make Ooh. you feel good? Like, that, you know, how does this support you as a person mm -hmm. and a woman? Right. And it wasn't. And I was like, so then you need to stop. <laughs> like, this is not it's not helping you. It's not serving you. Right. And honestly, it's, it's, it's being a disservice to other people because your friends shouldn't even manipulate and have that ability. And I could never do that to them. I'm always coming from a place of thinking, that people are like me and people have the same heart as me. Yes. <laughs> Elena, you're speaking my language. Yes. And I realized that is not the case at all. I've had friends who literally, I, oh man, opportunists just using me for things. And I was like, wow, like best friends that I thought would always be in my life. Wow. You know, once they stopped dancing and they're doing this, they didn't need me anymore. They had lost wow. They weren't in a dance agency anymore, but I was, and I was telling them about auditions, and, you know, then they decided to not, just fell, fell off the face of the earth, and just different things, and I've learned also to just be more discerning with the people I surround myself with, mm -hmm. and keep in my inner circle, and that mm -hmm. not everybody deserves a seat at my table, and I can love Ooh. you from afar, and that is okay. Ooh, preach, preach! <laughs> but, <laughs> that is but since the lesson of the day. Yeah, listen, I would rather have a handful of close, close people that I know I can trust and are a part of my tribe, and that's fine with me. And other people, I'll still love them, but if we're not on the same frequency and we're not, you know, aligning together, that's okay. And because, you know, you might have some friends who are just cool with you, you go, you go hang out with them, but you're not going to, you know, be close and tell them your personal business. Exactly. And, and you just have to know where to put certain people in your life. Absolutely. I know for me, that was definitely a struggle because I had the same affliction and, you know, just the people pleasing and also having this, I still struggle with this today. Like I was yeah. on the phone with my girlfriend before this, and this came up too, you know, just thinking that everybody, um, thinks the way that I think, like what yep. seems logical, like, okay, right. like Hello. if I'm here for you in this way, like, you should be here for me in this way or just feel exactly. somewhat obligated to make a point to be mm -hmm. here, but you're not like, right. But that's when it's important to just accept people for who they are. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And not Each. like I was trying to accepting my ex for who he is. I was trying to change him. And mm -hmm. I was thinking, well, if you love me, you change. Right. No, but at the end of the day, 
maybe he's just not the man I was supposed to be with. It was great for that time. I needed him for the 10 years that I was with him, and that's okay. And then, you know, there's different phases in your life, and it's hard to accept sometimes when you're going through it, but then when you're done, you can realize that, like, you don't want to have to try to change your friends or teach your friends how they should treat you. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to deal with that. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, take yourself out of the equation and also put people in the proper boxes. That's what I'm learning. I'm learning, okay, one size doesn't fit all. I don't have to totally disregard this person or shut them out of my life yeah. because everybody is valuable and they're valuable uh-huh. in different ways. So 100%. this person belongs in this box. This person belongs in this box. My treasure box is the small, right. you know, exactly. um, mm-hmm. and I'm still associated with all boxes. I still yeah. care for all boxes deeply, but the, the intention and the effort and the boundaries and lines are different. Exactly. And that's that's the key word, boundaries. I had to learn how to set healthy boundaries as well. And I was even, again, I, when I feel bad or feel, you know, I'm like, no way, you can't. Cause you, it's easy to just fall back into like, you know, unhealthy habits. It is. And I'm mm. like, no, you can't because people will try you. Like yeah. learning how to say no. And not feeling bad or learning how to say no and not giving an explanation because I've I've said no and people will still ask me and Mm -hmm. still try to make me do what they want me to do. And that's manipulative. Mm -hmm. And your friends should never do that. No, if I say no, you need to respect that. Period. But, and that's so hard. That no, girl. That no, like I had one guest on Patrice. Um, She went to Tina High School too. I don't know if you know her, but. Mm-hmm. She said, um, the power of no is powerful. It is. It's so it's, powerful. It's powerful. The power of no is powerful. You say no. Yeah. And, and just that true. word alone. You don't mm-hmm. have to explain no. yourself. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. I, I don't have to tell you why. It's just no. It's just no. It's just no. Respect that. No. And light and love. I wish I could. I love you, but I can't. No. Yeah. Not even all that is Right, right. That's a courtesy. Those things are courtesies. And you right, hello. That. Exactly. <laughs> and I still do that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then after I say it, I go back and forth like, oh, man, I did it all. I could have. No. If something doesn't, one thing my mom always says, if it's not an absolute yes, it's a no. Ooh. Ooh. My mom always says that I'm going to write that down. That's going to be a quote. Put that she on said, the page. I go back and forth, and I'm like, I talk to her, and she's like, Elena, why are you doing this to yourself? Is this an absolute yes? Does this feel good to your soul? Does this make you happy, excited? She's like, no. So it's a no. And she's like, move on. I'm like, you're right. (laughs) You are right. Girl, I have to write that down. Yeah. That's a gem right there. I always ask myself that for now. Love that. Like, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, I take a second and I'm like, how does this feel? And you have to ask yourself that. Does this feel good? Right. When it feels good, then that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. If it's not, if you have any type of, uh, no, not, then no. Yeah. Then that's not what you're supposed to do. Oof. Oof. Anything for you is going to feel good to your right. soul. Absolutely. At, at all times. At all times. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that But you intuition. have to understand, sometimes it might be a little fear, you know, or a little like, oh my God, or a little yes. self-doubt, but that's a different emotion yes. than it not feeling good. Right. Right. Yeah. Gem dropping, girl. Gem dropping. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you have any advice on managing your natural hair and skincare? Because, guys, she has amazing, you'll see once I put her handles and her stuff up, her pictures and advertisement, not only is she beautiful, her hair is just her crown. Okay? Just amazing. It's so beautiful. It's so um, nourished. It always looks very um, healthy and well-kept. So, and Thank your skin, you. too. Well, well skin. I have struggled with this. I think everyone assumes, like, once you go natural, it's easy. Oh, no. And it's not. Oh, it's not at all. And people always compliment me. I'm like, thanks. It's not where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. But my problem was that when I first started off, I was doing things that worked for my hair. Mm -hmm. But then I got sucked down the YouTube, listening to everybody else say, okay. oh, you have to do the curly girl method. And you shouldn't be using a sulfate shampoo. You should only use conditioner. And you shouldn't use this product and that product and no silicones. And no. Yes. And once I started trying to like do all of that, girl. I, you know, you become a product junkie. Yep. I, have, I have all, I have the whole CVS hair aisle. And, girl. You know, because you're always trying to like, you're like, oh, no, I want it, I want it this way. And you're looking, you're comparing your hair to other people. Mm. And you can't, you have to just love your hair for what it is. Right. And, it's still been a struggle for me. Even recently, I was like, listen, I dance too much. I'm not doing this only conditioner wash. And I realized that even though using conditioner is cool sometimes, it still builds up on your hair. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that. And your Style products, conditioner, you need a, something to really clean your scalp and mm -hmm. hair. Get and squeaky. Yeah, I had to start using a certain shampoo with sulfate. Yeah. And as long as it's not drying my hair, it's fine. It's literally getting all that out, exactly. and it works for me. And I just realized that maybe, like, last month. Like, wow. this, I was never finding a shampoo that I liked because I kept trying all these natural stuff, and it wasn't working for my hair. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that, I'm just saying, like, if it works for you, it doesn't matter. People are saying it's bad. If it works, it works for you. Exactly. If your hair is healthy and thriving, mm -hmm. then listen to your hair. Period. So, yes, I, I can definitely say that. Um my skincare is crazy. I'm, I stick to a nice schedule. I have a routine. I don't play about my skin. Nice. Um, I love it. Give me the gem. I'm someone who I don't want to be dependent on makeup all the time. I want to be mm. able to go out and still feel confident in my skin. Yeah. You know, there's days that I like makeup and there's days that I might just want to put on like gloss mm. and put on a little mascara and be out. Right. And I just think for me having clear skin and you know and trying to keep it as healthy as I possibly can is important right. so um I do go to a a lady who, what is an esthetician yes I get a facial every like six to eight weeks nice. so doing that she helped me understand my skin more because I've never had like crazy crazy bad I don't want to say bad but like you know mm -hmm. skin like all these like, you know issues mm -hmm. but I did have like hormonal issues I would have blackheads mm -hmm. it was basically congested skin mm -hmm. and okay. she just told me and gave me advice and it's just important to have a really good cleanser that's good for your skin type even mm -hmm. people who think that like their skin is oily so they're afraid to use a moisturizer no because people don't know oily skin is still dehydrated skin yeah. so it's wow. important to still moisturize your skin um once you hit 30s, it's nice to start using serums like mm. vitamin C, a retinol, yeah. a retinol acids mm. that, you know, that, that actually get into it and keep your skin illuminated. And, you know, we're trying to fight those age, mm -hmm. age marks and wrinkles. Yeah. We just want to keep it nice yeah. and smooth. <laughs> yeah. So 
I probably started caring about my skincare more in my after maybe like 25. Mm-hmm. So like after 25, I started like looking into it. I started with Kiehl's and different stuff. Okay. I would go there. If you go to Kiehl's, the people will look at your skin and they'll tell you too. They'll give you like a nice little analysis oh. and they recommend products. Nice. So I did start off with them. And then after I started venturing to other things, mm-hmm. one thing I can say about hair and and um, skin products is that buy from places that you can use the product in return. So right. for hair, I'll tell you where. You can go to Ulta, Target, Sally's, Harmons. You, mm-hmm. you can use your little Bed Bath & Beyond. It's kind of Harmons. And you can try your products. And if you don't like it, you can just return it. Yeah. So that's important. Because I, I was spending a lot of money on things, ordering online, and I, and I hate it. I'm wasting my money. Yeah. So like for skincare... Sephora, like I do like Sephora and Ulta. I use my 20% discount because I'm always trying to like, some of my products are expensive, but they last, they work, and I'll use a discount. Right. Like there's one product I love and I swear by it and I'll probably, I don't care. I'm always use it. What and product you know, that? a face mask once a week. Face mm-hmm. mask once a week and exfoliate with a mask too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you use the exfoliating brush or do you use like... So I, I don't, I mean, sometimes it could be a little bit too abrasive for people. It depends mm-hmm. on your skin. Yeah. So I would say you do have a brush, don't use it all the time. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of people, myself included, I had tried like the St. Ives scrub. Oh yeah, I years heard ago. that it's really, no, it's not good. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My esthetician was like, do not use this on your face. It is too rough and it'll, it'll, Tear up, you'll mess up your skin. Oh, you can wow. use it on your body, mm-hmm. exfoliate your body with it. So I actually I like using an exfoliating um, AHA and BHA mask. Mm. So like it exfoliates without using like anything that's um you know grimy or the gritty things mm-hmm. that you're supposed to be. There's different ways of exfoliating, but is it like a peptide? For my skin, is it like a peptide? peptide? Yeah, yeah. I can show you. I'll show you. It's okay. actually by Drug Elephant. Ooh, and, oh, um, I like them. I tried their, yeah. um, Tori actually put me on to them. I tried their moisturizer. And I was uh-huh. like, ooh, this is good. It's pricey, but it's good. Oh, girl, it's expensive. I'm not going to lie. I use, they have, it's the Baby Bliss Facial. Mm. It is so good. I use it once a week. It's expensive. It's expensive. But, I'm about to and then they have a glycolic um, night serum that I use because at mm. one point I was getting like tiny little bumps on one side of my face and I couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. And it wasn't like, crazy you couldn't probably only i could tell mm-hmm. but i could see it i'm like why is my skin like my it's just not smooth and it used right. to be i started using the serum what glowing smooth small pores and really girl let me I write that down it. i'm sorry yes junk elephant i think it's tlc from bamboost is yeah. the glycolic acid so it is an acid so i would say they tell you start off like you know once a week see how it works for your skin my skin is used to that because i've been using like strong things Mm -hmm. on it for a while but that and exfoliating the baby bliss um at home facial is really good and i think they even have like samples you can um i know sephora has like you get the little duos the travel Mm -hmm. ones you can always get that and try and i swear by those two products like yeah yeah i'm gonna look into that (laughs) see if i can get a sample have you um tried gua sha have you heard of gua sha that um it's it's a stone. It's like shaped flat, mm-hmm. jade stone usually, Ooh. or um, rose gold, and you sculpt your oh, face. Yeah. Oh, I have it. Is it like the little like rolling yeah, stone thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they have I the like brasher one is flat, 
They have the roller, uh, but they have the flat one. You have to like work it ooh. into the skin. It's intense. I'm like that sounds interesting. Mm. I have to look into that. And yeah, like it sculpts and shapes the face. Ooh. It's like face, kind of like a face yoga. You know? Yeah, I like that. That sounds interesting. There's so many new things, and I'm always like, okay, lay, don't get sucked I in. No, that's true. Working, and who knows in the future if I can, I would love to have my own skincare line. Oh, really? I love that. Skincare well. or maybe hair care, but I kind of just really love like helping people get like you know beautiful skin and caring for it because mm-hmm. I think that's who doesn't want that you Why? know and it's great when people are like oh my god did you just get a facial your skin's glowing and I'm like nah girl but thank you Why? like I like people notice my good skin I'm just like thank you it means so much because <laughs> I pride myself skin. in working hard I was like, we got to get her tips on here. We just <laughs> definitely have to have tips. Do you have like yep. a 12-step program or like how many steps do you have? Um, okay, so during the morning, I'll do a cleanser, a toner. I am just started incorporating an essence. It's supposed to absorb. It helps yes. absorb the serums more. Mm-hmm. So I'll do like a vitamin C serum. And then my eye cream, a moisturizer, and I do try to remember to put SPF on. Mm-hmm. And I have an SPF from, I think it's Super Goop, and it's a clear one, because I don't like the white. You know, it's not white? Mixed with white. Yeah, I can't deal with that. So this is, like, clear, and it's, Super like, and it's really good. Super Goop. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take some pictures, and I'll text Yes, you. girl, please. <laughs> send me everything. Yes. But then my nighttime routine is pretty much the same. Um, I might not use the vitamin C, but I'll use the glycolic night serum mm. one night and then the next night I'll switch and then use retinol. Okay. So I interchange because the retinol, you know, smooth is supposed to help keep wrinkles at bay and they right. say when you, once you hit 30 and I use a drunk elephant retinol one. Oh, but uh, okay. yeah, so it's the same steps but I'll just use the night serum and that. And then I try to do once a week um, maybe like a clay mask depending mm. on, you know, how my skin's feeling or I'll do the baby facial, the exfoliating one. Right. And I do have actually an exfoliator. It depends on sometimes I might use it. It's by Tatcha. That's expensive. That Japanese oh, brand. Tatcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I might use that cleanser maybe once or twice a week mm-hmm. as yeah. an exfoliator. So it's exfoliate, they say two to three times a week. Yeah. To just make sure you're, you know, getting all the dead skin and right. trying to dispel the Yeah, I feel yeah. like I, for a long time, I didn't focus on skincare. Now I'm trying to get into it. So, like, um, it's just a lot of steps. <laughs> oh, girl, it is. I'm I know not gonna lie. it's necessary, but I I can see the texture in my face. So like, I want to get rid of that texture and just have like that smooth. Yeah, the glycolic serum will help with the um smoothing out the texture and okay. getting the pores and everything. I'm gonna send it to you. It's it's really good. The serums are really what help. Yeah, because it's like really powerful. Yeah, <laughs> I need it to like. Even it out. I'm trying to get back to 19. The pigmentation, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get it. Because I used to always, if I had like a pimple, I was, you know, I picked it and then I would just get a scar. Exactly. But literally, I haven't had any pimples in a long time because I've really been sticking to this regimen and it's been helping. Yeah. So, and you shout have out to that. Even tone, too. You don't suffer from like hyperpigmentation. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. No. Like, it was just dark spots that I always wanted to try to fade. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so any advice on quarantine mental health and wellness at this time? Yes. So I would say, and to say what you were saying before, to try to block out the noise. 
I don't, I personally don't watch the news. I just don't. It doesn't make me feel good. It's Same. depressing. There's Same. nothing positive about it ever. Nope. And if it's something important that I'm supposed to know, I'm going to find out right. by way of friends, family, Instagram, exactly. whatever. Nothing I don't have to subject it. myself to every, you know, disturbing, horrible murder and everything that's right. going on in the world. Girl. So I don't do that. Um, and I started like a routine for myself. So every morning, um, I'll meditate, I'll do a gratitude journal. And mm -hmm. after my gratitude journal, I'll write down some affirmations. And then I'm doing like a 10 minute stretch. So I've been trying to make that as like, okay, no, this is the time for yourself before you leave your room before you do anything, yeah. you're gonna do this. And it's been really nice. Like it's been helping me feel more grounded because mm -hmm. as I'm a Gemini, I'm an air sign. And my rising is an air sign as well in Libra and I'm into astrology. And that I can just be up in the clouds oh. a lot, daydreaming. And sometimes I need grounding. So I have my crystals. I use my tourmaline crystal to like yeah. keep myself grounded. And you know, it's just so much going on in the world. And I'm a very sensitive soul mm -hmm. and I get affected easily. I can cry at the drop of a dime. So Same. like, just protecting your energy and just, you know, it's okay to not have to hear about all of the gloom and gloom. Yeah. And it's so sad, even hearing about the men right now who got murdered by the cops. And yeah. I can't watch the video. The videos are just circulating. No, it wasn't I even the cops. It was like you know. two random. Like, one guy, I think, one guy, there was two men, right? Because I know yeah. one guy, I think, was cops. Another guy was, he was just two random guys just yeah. murdered him. I don't know where he was running or something yeah, or jogging. I don't even Yeah, he was jogging. I'm, jogging. It's heartbreaking. And it's like, the videos of it are circulating and I can't watch it. You can't that. watch it. Like, I know. That's the yeah, same thing with can't. Junior, what happened to that boy in the Bronx. Was it the Bronx? A few, oh, yes. Like, the Staten Hall, yeah. That, that took me to so Girl, many bad so places. Sad. And then it's like, like I put, always, it's terrible. I put myself in their shoes because I'm yes, an empath same. and I'm like, oh my yeah, God, I was gonna he say, couldn't run. Yep. Yeah, like, he couldn't run here. He could you know, he was stuck in the store. Like it gets so deep for me. And then I- He I didn't deserve that. And then it wasn't even the right person. They would look, it's just- it is so heartbreaking. It's, oh, girl. It's just been so much. Honestly, mm -hmm. my friend, oh, 2020 has just been a lot for me. Um, my friend, the end of February, took his own life. What? And, no, yeah. I'm so sorry. So, that was a lot. He was, like, one of my best guy friends. He lived in Texas, so he wasn't here. Uh -huh. But, like, when I tell you, I like, that's when I realized, I was, like, after that, then, like, literally the quarantine, I'm like, okay, I have to put myself first and do some self-care and really love on myself because yes. this is crazy. Like, a lot is going on. You never know what people are going through. So, yeah. and mental health is so important. And sometimes we take our own mental health for granted and think we can handle certain things, you know? And I was just like, no, that's why I did take a little break from teaching. I was like, I have to like care about no, Elena. Because totally after that happened, I was still teaching. The next day, I wouldn't talk. And my oh, friends were like, wait, you shouldn't have taught. And I still was like, no, I'm going to teach. But like, it's just, yeah, it's, no, it's crazy. Yo. And I'm just like, that's why I was hearing all this sad stuff. I'm like, it's been sad since Kobe passed away. Everything, 2020 Girl. just finished like it was Kobe and his daughter and then mess <laughs> like downhill crazy so and I think it, it might be like I was saying this in the beginning of the year because you know that's I had to have my surgery and that's when I found out and they weren't sure if it was going to be you know a cancerous cells or anything so right, I, I yeah. kind of kept that For private but I was like um 
I think what's happening now, this is before Rona started, I was like, yeah. it's a cleansing. All this bad stuff has to happen because we're cleansing yeah. for a new period. For a clean slate for mm-hmm. you to, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I'm always about love and light, but you also still have to have the darkness in it as well. Yeah. Because that's the only way, unfortunately, you can grow. It's like yeah. going through hard times and knowing that you can overcome it and that mm-hmm. you're powerful. The power, Because yep. everything was always so great and happy. A lot of times you wouldn't, you know, you might take it for granted or you just be coasting and you have to have a little bit of balance and it right. sucks because certain things no one wants to go through. Right. But at the end of the day, when you look back, there's always a reason. Your story can empower so many other people yeah. and it's bigger than you, you know? Absolutely. So you have to always trust that as well. That's so intense. Ugh. Well, we're getting to the last questions. Um, this has just been so good. I knew it was going to be good because I was like... I, I I love you and oh, I love you too. I know that you have every woman has a story. So every time I uh, we open this Pandora's box, which is the feminine yeah. like things come and and healing comes and all that. But I was like, I just want to get to know Lay more personally because every time yeah. we have moments, it's in passing. And I think yeah. the last time we saw each other was after the show, the Terpsy show. And we went to the restaurant and it was me, you, and Michelle sitting together. And, you know, we kind of had like a quick moment of some deepness. Like, I think we were talking about, you know, some dating, uh, recent dating we were doing. And um, I was like, oh my God, like, I forgot how dope Lay is. I've just been like, you know, dealing with you and and work, you know. Yeah, the dancing and Right, right, and in passing and stuff like that. I was like, oh my God, we have to have moments. You know, and I remember saying to you, I was like, we have to hang out. And you're like, we will, hit me up, Allie, because we want to I was like, okay. I'm so bad, like, yeah, like, Because it's 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 a blessing to know women like you guys, Aww, and it's yeah. also like a shame to not tap into the relationships. You know, hundred so percent. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I want to really utilize the time because anything could happen. Like you know what what happened with your yeah. friend. You know, we could be here. Yeah, you don't want to regret life. anything. You want to you know exactly. while we're here and while we can. Right. Exactly. Support so. one another and you know learn from you know, right. learn from each other and grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So okay, so we're gonna get into the last question, but this has been. What advice would you give your 14-year-old self? That was some Okay. Um, <laughs> and I was I would tell myself to enjoy life even more mm-hmm. and like, you know, at the end of the day everything's going to happen the way it's supposed to, but mm-hmm. growing up I was always a perfectionist and I still deal with this to this day. Right. Um wanting to be perfect when it came to dance, wanting to be, you know, perfect in school, wanting to be perfect in a relationship and it's kind of like at the end of the day, just trust that your flaws are what make you beautiful, right. you know, and that it's okay. And that everything's going to manifest the way it's supposed to, if you trust and continue to just be the best version of yourself. Right. And so I guess like wishing I wasn't so hard on myself. And even to this day, mm-hmm. I, if 
I still find myself like, no, I don't want to put out, put myself out there when it comes to certain things. Like on Instagram, I'm not really good on social media. Everyone's like, Lay, why don't you post this? Why don't you post yourself there? I suck at it. I, I bought this ring light to constantly record myself and put yes. myself out there more because I know that I'm like, oh, this wasn't that good. Oh, I don't like it. No. Everyone's like, Lay, it's amazing. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. You already know how I am. Even with the kids, I have to check myself. And, you know, because I'm like crazy about cleaning my piece and having it. She's no games, y'all. She's no games. But I'm like, your kids. So I try not to, like, I don't ever want them to think that I don't think they're good enough or anything. Mm-hmm. So I always instill, like, y'all are amazing. Y'all are dope. Right. But there's things that y'all could, you know, clean up a little bit. I like mm-hmm. the arm, you know, whatever. But I realized, I'm like, oh my God, that's where it stems from. Just me you know, wanting, having a vision of something in my head and needing to be, and it's just not, you know, it's not that deep. And also just trusting your path and understanding that it might, your life might not go the way you planned. Mm. Like you might think you're supposed to do this and want to do this. And the universe is like, no, actually this is what you're supposed to do Mm. and direct you. And I have a close guy friend and he told me his story. And basically long story short, he was an Ailey too. I met him at Ailey. He kept auditioning to get into the Ailey company because he had done Ailey too. Mm-hmm. Two auditions, always make it to the end. Him and another guy never got it. His dream was always to be an Ailey. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, God, what is going on? Like, this is what I thought I wanted. I don't even know what to do anymore. I'm lost. Right. His friend hit him up and was like, there's an audition for The Little Mermaid on Broadway. And I think you should audition. Broadway wasn't even on his radar. He was right. not thinking about no Broadway. When an audition booked the job, been been on Broadway since the past 10 years. What? This man has been in Hamilton, Motown, wow. New Seas. He was he finally got the lead in Ain't Too Proud, and now he's about to play Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson on Broadway. No, in the he's new not. Musical. What? Yes. When I tell you, he is so inspiring, and to hear him say that, I'm like, wow, you really just have to trust that the universe is going to guide you. And, like, it reminded me, like I said, when I got guided to just go to Italy. I wouldn't mm. even met him if it wasn't, you know, just different things where you really just have to just be open and, right. and not be so rigid and thinking, oh, no, I need to go to this school or I, this is what I want to do. This is what I, you know, it's good to be focused, but you have to still be open to maybe change and maybe different direction and know mm. that, you know, life will show you if you continue to just delve within and be open to hearing the messages right. and being right. shown the way. Like, we all have our own path and we all, I believe in, like, you know, that we're all destined for something. Right. But yeah, just trust it and always just be okay with being adaptable and going with the flow right. of things right. and the flow of life. I so that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So um what's your favorite color? Look at my room now. <laughs> purple. <laughs> <laughs> my walls are purple. <laughs> oh really? Oh. Yeah, I always love purple. It's, it's like such a regal mm. color. Yeah. And it's a very spiritual color as well. And ever mm-hmm. since I was a kid, like that was just my color. Like and it's not even like wearing color. Because mm-hmm. I'm not really I don't really wear a lot of purple. Yeah. But I just I just I just connect with that color. Oh, wow. Yeah. I used to and love you're wearing purple, purple too, aren't you? Is that yeah, purple? <laughs> it is purple. And I got a purple healing blankie. Yeah. <laughs> is it air purple or is it brown? I can't 
Oh no, it's purple. It's purple. See? This is purple yes. and this is purple too. Yeah, oh. I've always loved it. I yeah. just think it's a beautiful color. I used to love purple when I was younger and then I um shifted to green. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Green's nice. I like I like like a teal turquoise green. Mm, like a yeah. green blue, but I think it's pretty. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so are you proud of you? Yeah. Um, it took me a lot to get there because I wasn't the most confident person and I remember my mom would be like, You didn't you don't even think you're great you're such a great dancer. Even after I got signed and was dancing professionally, mm -hmm. I still was lacking in my confidence. Mm -hmm. And now that I look back, I've accomplished a lot that I set out to and more than I even set out to, right. you know? And I think that I have more to do. And again, that goes with me, you know, wanting to always do the most, mm -hmm. but I still have to always own my journey and right. be grateful for what I have done and accomplished and, right. you know, knowing that I'm enough and that, yeah, I've, I've inspired a lot of people along the way. And that's right. also very important to me is that I can be, you know, a role model or people know, like, you can come talk to me if you need advice or I can share my gifts and things that I've learned mm -hmm. and I can, you know, mentor other young aspiring artists. Cause mm -hmm. even though I don't teach as much, you know, the last year and year and a half, I was teaching a little bit here and mm -hmm. there. I still feel I have, you know, a lot to show and give of myself. Absolutely. And that's part of life as well, mm -hmm. is to share your gifts. Absolutely. Because <laughs> if you don't share your gifts, what's the point in having them, right. honestly? Exactly. Period. Well, yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud. Oh, I <laughs> yes. And our last question. What advice would you give your future daughter? But you don't want to have kids, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't. I mean, so. if it happens, it happens. Maybe one. Mm -hmm. uh, and it could be because I'm only child, but I also am still kind of selfish. I want to be able to just do what I want to do when I want to do it on my own terms. Right. And having a lot of kids, you know, one, I could probably still travel and do a lot with, like, two mm -hmm. babies. I don't know. That's a um, lot. I know. You're going to need that extra help. I always think, like, <laughs> kids are good to have because as you get old or older, yeah. um, those are the people, not only that carry your legacy, those are mm -hmm. the people, um, no shade, that take care of you. you know? I know. Someone told me that. They're like, well, what are you going to do when you get older? You know what? I'm like, listen, I've been a mother figure, and who knows where life is going to take me. I might have people who might not be, you know, my daughter, but like a daughter. True. And Very so true. I can get godmother. I get, there's ways that I can, you know, Create I got that, that aspect because I've had people say that, mm -hmm. and I'm like, uh but I'm just like trusting. I gotta go with what I feel, and if I'm yes. supposed to have a child, I will. You but will. I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But if I did, um, I would definitely just instill in her and make sure that she knows that like she's always enough, mm -hmm. and that she doesn't have to seek outside of herself for validation mm -hmm. in life. Because I think a lot of people do, you know, feel like they need other people to validate themselves. Um, I would just tell her to love everything about who she is because mm -hmm. self-love is so important and it's the basis of everything Good. because if you don't love yourself, you're going to always be looking for love in all the wrong places. Absolutely. And, you know, just to know that she came to this life with a purpose mm. and to trust, you know, trust in her gifts and talents and trust that she's always divinely led and supported. Ooh. Yeah, and that we're powerful, and that as women, like we're a force to be reckoned with. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes we forget that, yeah. you know, like we 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 bring there wouldn't be anyone here if we weren't the ones.
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, we always forget that. We always forget the yeah. magic. And I think that's societal because they they needed to let us know that we weren't this magical so they can we can be controlled. That's, yeah, control. And I was going to say, that's all control. Mm-hmm. And that's why as women, we have so many flipping like insecurities, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, we're amazing and we're forever evolving. And as long as we just like you're doing connecting women mm-hmm. and coming together and being powerful because right. the numbers we can do amazing things we can transform so much so it's important and you know you having this outlet and doing this is dope like oh, for real thank you it's oh, been no. a passion project for healing but it's it's i see that it's healing so many other people so i'm like i need to just get it out there more because yeah. it's 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 really good for it is and then it also comes back to you as well mm-hmm. because when you have these type of conversations you know yeah, it, it's enlightening to you mm-hmm. and other people yeah. you know yeah so it's important well thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to honor you and everything that is glorified in you yes. being the essence of woman that you are you're a beautiful soul within and out Thank you so much for this experience. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You are all so awesome. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast. I have to say that it is extremely important that we get reviews and comments. It really helps us to get our content more refined and I find out what you guys like and what you would like to hear as well as on a monetary level when ads are able to see that people are listening and what they have to say it really helps us if we want to build our brand and take the podcast to the next level so for all podcasts that you listen to definitely make sure you like subscribe and review I'm going to close this episode with one of my words. We discover our strength when we review our stories. Thank you.